Benders, and welcome to I Like to Movie Movie, the podcast about movie movies. My name is Garrett Smith. Yep. Yes, it is. Uh, my name is Dan Scully, who's otherwise engaged at the moment. Hello, everybody. That's all right. I didn't warn you. I, I was like, oh, my ramp up will get him there. Well, I was like, oh, wait, he's he's starting. We're going. Yeah, yeah. I'm pulling stuff out of my bag. Yeah. And then I, it threw to me, and it was a whole thing. Well, all the uh, all the computer issues we've been having always result in just like, I'm like, yeah, we'll start. And I hit record, and you start talking. And oh, then like yeah, two yeah. minutes later, it starts recording. Well, thank you to everybody out there in podcast land yes. for putting up with Patience. a week delay. Um, life is life, and there was just a lot going on. We were packed. Yeah. And uh, so we'll make it up to you. We do some oh, bonus yes. content coming your way at some point. Yeah. But actually, uh, we're w- back. That should be coming pretty quickly, actually. Oh, we're cool, gonna, cool, We're going to cool. have our live episode about the Fast and the Furious. Uh, yes. Should be dropping on the feed. I might even just put it out like next week. Give yeah. us, you know we what I mean? Put just out when to we give get people. It. Give you something to uh, something make there. up for lost yeah. time. Yep, uh, which was a ton of fun. Uh, thank you to my buddy Kevin Gallagher for having us. Mm. Uh, he hosts a podcast called Everything Is Awesome, and uh, you should check that out because I just guested on that this week. Um, oh, right on! You can hear me and uh, uh, my partner Tori was there as oh, well. Right actually. on! So I will like check, really it fun, check it out. Funny podcast. Oh, you People know, I, I did end up checking out her podcast. Oh, it's, butter it's with very that. Good. Yeah, yeah, it's really fun. They uh, they're doing '90s since Captain Marvel is out. Oh, right uh, on! So this month is '90s movies. They're doing like Clueless. And Clueless rules, dude. They do, and they're doing um 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 the Truman Show, which I thought was oh, like a man. very interesting choice. I've actually the... never seen that whole movie. Oh wow, I've seen I've seen that's another one of sure. the movies I've seen much of because it's ubiquitous. But yeah. I've never seen that whole movie. Oh, it's and worth I seeing. I would like to. Yeah, because sometimes like you just feel like that, uh-huh. especially nowadays. I'll like I like watch the news and go, oh yeah, this is a movie. Yeah, and I'm the mark. Well, Tori pointed out to me that like it's one of like many movies from the '90s that are literally about like your reality is not reality. Yeah, like The Matrix, and yeah. like, you know what I mean. There was like a ton of movies, and even like Ed TV is like an example of that. Oh, yeah. You know, that came out. That was like the volcano to the Dante's yes. Peak. That could be switched. I forget which one was better. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, I, the Truman Show is actually one of the few movies that has a disorder named after it. Well, really, there's a mental disorder that is you. Have have a delusion that you believe you are being watched Whoa. as part and I don't know if it's as specific as as part of a program sure. but as in you believe that the world around you is being manufactured for like with for you as its subject yeah, 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 yeah. so that is a real disorder now well that's interesting and it is colloquially referred to as the Truman Show disorder or something Whoa. to that degree yeah. interesting crazy uh, well yeah Butter With That is uh, my partner Tori's podcast she's been a guest on our podcast before she'll probably be back uh, you should check that out they're doing 90s movies she's a good guest she's fun she can come back oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. she's great <laughs> She's great. She's got good thoughts. Uh, she wrote a really great review. We want. I mean, so Tori and I have been having a really weird movie week and like really enjoying the shit out of it. Nice. Uh, we watched um, Videodrome together. Hell's yeah. Which is like an interesting movie to watch with one's partner. And, oh, yeah. Uh, ended up spawning like some of the best conversation. You never know week. who's going to take to a stomach pussy that produces guns <laughs> exactly. that meld with your hand. Oh, and she had like... For the, television. She had the best take on that. Yeah. Uh, I recommend uh, finding her letterboxed and uh, uh, checking out her review of that because it's, it's really interesting. Uh, and then we went to see Climax together. Oh, nice. Which is tomorrow. another weird movie to see with your partner and also spawned a lot of conversation that was just like, what was that? <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. 
Well, I, I sort of had a similar week. Yeah. Uh, only one movie did I watch with my better half, and it was Ms. 45, oh. and uh, it ruled. It's on Shutter, so you can watch it. Which I have and now. I sold it on Jenna just by being like, yeah, it's 80 minutes, uh-huh. and so that's a good way to do it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and she loved it. I loved it. It is a crazy uh, movie from the 80s, but it seems to be the one that is... Excuse me, cited as an influence by a lot of the filmmakers we currently enjoy. That's I'm very interested so to see it for that out. reason. Yeah, you know, it's certainly of its time. I mean, it's 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 a rape revenge movie made unique by the fact that she's getting revenge for two rapes. Oh. so it's like yeah, you know. But at the double same down. time, yeah, you got to double down. But yeah. it's also just like it's real fucking stylish and awesome. Yeah, I, so I, I I'm looking forward that. to seeing that. And the score by it's either Joe Delia or Joe Delia. I don't know. It's very basic, but it rules. It's uh. mostly just like sax and funk, uh-huh. but it's fucking oh, cool. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that, real oh, cool. That was the other weird thing we watched was I I got a Shutter subscription finally, and we watched Tenabre, uh, which is oh, one of Ar- Argento's movies and is awesome. It's really, really good. Did it just start raining? I think it did just start Spoopy. raining. Spoopy. <laughs> you were like, Tenabre. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, you know what? I'm going to let that, like, I'm leaving that window open. We're going to let that rain yeah. fall. I don't even know That's if the mics nice. will pick it up, but it, it sounds nice. It's going to guarantee nice. I won't leave my umbrella at your house this Oh, time. I love that. Yeah. It's so good. It's great. Uh, yeah, Tenabre is really good. Good movie week. Yeah. Good, good movie, movie week. week. Well, and so we capped it off uh, tonight with a movie that Garrett Ooh. had seen before, I and it instantly became one of your movie. favorites. Yes. Um, that I've never seen. So yes. we're having a reverse of Manhunter. Yes. Uh, and doing another Michael Mann classic. And yeah. So we're doing Thief. But this time it's my movie. You haven't seen I it. Haven't seen it. Manhunter was the other way around. Yes, Thief. Uh, okay, so I have like a great... Uh, and also to celebrate C- Thief, we are going to uh, rank some actors and actresses at the end who, much like James Conn, are made of old leather. Uh-huh. That's going to be the list. Yeah. So stick around for that. Actors made of shoe leather. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God, I you, you are the person that introduced me to that phrase, and I do think it was in relation to James Conn, by the oh, way. Oh, right on, yeah. right on. I think the first time I said it, and I don't even think it applied, was I was in the, uh, I was, so it was Inside Man, whenever that came out. Yes. And afterwards, that movie rules. If you haven't I haven't seen, seen that. That's a great high Spike movie. Lee, right? Spike yeah. Lee. And it's got, uh, and Jodie Foster's great in it, but I was Clive like, Owen? I guess 20 at the time, and Clive Owen. <laughs> and um, and like half the cast of The Wire. Yeah, Denzel Washington uh, Denzel also? Washington's yeah. there. Yeah. It's great. Some dude calls Jodie Foster a marvelous cunt. <laughs> oh my God. In a thick British accent. Yeah. It's like, marron. Really? <laughs> um, but I remember after that movie, I was like, man, Jodie Foster, she kind of looks like she's made of shoes. <laughs> and one of my friends thought that was funny. And I was just being edgy. I don't think that that's accurate now. Yeah, yeah. But um, it is a real concept. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that people do look like they're made of old shoes. Oh, leather. yeah. And if you see James Conn and Thief, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I understand. Yeah. Now. Oh, yeah. The yeah. greats all eventually become to be made oh, out of that, leather. I mean, yeah. yeah. We'll get to it when we get to our <laughs> list. But yes, that is true. I hope this isn't too over, too beyond the pale. But we have a running gag at my house uh-huh. uh, between Jenna and I yes. where... Uh, most old rock musicians, uh, males, grow up to become old lesbians. Well, yes, yep, <laughs> it just yep. turns into that. Yeah, and um, I think that Pacino is the only person that both became leather and an old lesbian. Pacino is who I'm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's he's who I'm familiar with with that concept. It's it's an awful concept, but yeah. it is funny. It's funny. Uh, okay, so Thief, I have like a nice little like history with that yeah, I'm excited to share with you. Let's hear. So uh, you know, I was like. Uh, Grew up just like very into movies, especially in like middle and high school. I got like really heavily, I took like some film classes for the first time and got like really into this idea that like, oh, there's more than just like liking movies. There's becoming like a cinephile of Mm -hmm. some kind. You know what I mean? Um, And then like that kind of 
once I got into college, I sort of started getting into playing music and trying to be cooler, basically, you know? Uh, we all did it. Yeah. We all had the dark ages. Exactly. Yeah. And and movies kind of like fell by the wayside yeah. for a I few also years. own a guitar. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Not play. Own. I, I could do a couple power oh, yeah, chords. Sure, me too. It's good stuff, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I could do the from Buddy Holly by Weezer. Uh, my big, what was my big guitar song? It was a Blink One Eighty Two song. Oh, Adam song was how uh, I like dude, really dude, like learned dude, to play guitar because oh, yeah. it's like just such a simple. Anyway. Oh, and it gets you just all that sweet emo love, uh-huh. <laughs> man. Uh, Paul Rust had a great tweet the other day that was like. I'm pleased to have grown up during the five years that rock music wasn't about getting pussy. It was instead about hating yourself. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, that is true. Um, I thought that was very funny. And also, I totally butchered his tweet. It was something yeah. far, far cleverer than I get uh, the that. concept. Yeah. Uh, it's Rustian. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so I had, you know, I kind of like got out of like movies as sort of a passion for a mm. few years, I would say. And um, when I started doing stand up, I sort of simultaneously got back into watching movies a lot. Uh, I started like using my Netflix account the way you should use your Netflix account for like the first time, mm. where I was just like, if it's available, I'm watching it. I'll watch a movie every day. I don't care, you know. Uh, and like that was when I discovered John Woo's The Killer. That was up oh, at the right time. On. I discovered this uh, uh, Thief. Um, I basically yeah, Thief like was on forever, and it was on my list forever. Yeah, and I never even thought to. I just knew it was something I should watch. Yeah. I never thought to watch it until you were fucking smacked by it. And that's the thing. That was what I did. It was like I had this, you know, I had that my list thing on, on yeah. Netflix that o- over the years I had been like any movie that was like you should watch this. Like I knew about it from just being into movies like Thief or, or The Killer or something, just a title I had heard. I'd add it to that list, but I would never fucking watch any of mm. it. And right when I started doing comedy, I like started just I literally, you know what I was doing? I was waking up at like 5 a.m. every day. I'm watching a movie before I went to work. I remember when you told me you were like, I discovered that I have headphones with a really long cable. Yeah. So I can make breakfast and clean the kitchen while I have like Day of the Dead on. Yeah. Yep. Like, that, that's awesome. That's another one. I mean, that's <laughs> I was literally doing that. And so like I, just, I watched a bunch of movies that like I had wanted to watch over the years, like back to back to back. And Thief is like one of the movies that really kind of like rekindled my relationship with movies because it was just so I don't I mean oh it's a movie movie and when you see it now like what our listeners should know about my taste you'll be like yeah that's a fucking Garrett movie mm. it's it's fucking pop tardy and that like not not purple yeah, way was the but first, like, like baker of the pop exactly you know, he really was the first he's making like the original frosted tart like yeah, he's not yeah. using the purple and the pinks yet but he's like oh, yeah. frosting the pop tart he made for a the first solid time. cherry yeah yeah, yeah 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 he's got a decent cherry he's got a decent blueberry yeah exactly i like to think of him as actually you know what he's the strawberry one that doesn't have the icing yes exactly that's yeah, what he is he's one yeah. of the original tarts you know yeah. and it's like it's, <laughs> i should definitely Michael keep Mann phrasing is it that way one of the original tarts you you heard it here for sure keep phrasing it that way uh, but it it like and the music in this movie is like very much my fucking thing. Tangerine Dream did the score for this. It's an amazing score. We can talk more about it. But it like everything about this aesthetically is like exactly the kind of thing I'm into. But it's also weird as fuck as like a story in a movie and the character is like very strange that it's about. And it just kind of like rekindled my like yeah movies are like cool yeah they can they just can be art they can yeah they can just be like these interesting weird things where it's like. I, and and it definitely like not only did it rekindle my kind of relationship with movies, it got me interested in sort of like the next phase of my movie. Like yeah, yeah, like yeah. I got more interested. Well, I don't in think watching. it was probably until then that you even really had a word for the pop tarts, right? And even like you know you might not have known 
quite what the full aesthetic of what appeals to you yet is. Uh, totally. You know? No, it was like this was one of those movies that like spoke to me on like some yeah, yeah, spiritual yeah. level that I only then like years later was like, oh, that's why I fucking love that movie. Yeah, you know what I mean? Boom. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. also, it's like, sorry, there's a, what's the word? A symbiosis. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's partially like, you discovered what you love, and it's also partially why you love that exactly. shit. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. such a beautiful feeling. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, so I. This is like a very special movie to me. I like really, really like this movie. So I was it like rules. happy to share it with you. And it was one of those where I think this week it was just shit was still going. I mean, we're on a delayed schedule. Dude, yeah, yeah. And it was like, oh, what do you, what do you want to do? And Garrett's like, well, I just bought Thief. Let's do Thief. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, done. Uh, yo, it was no question. If that movie fucking rips, it, it's it is amazing. So good. Yeah. So, and, so good. And it's like, you know, I've now seen, uh, thanks to you, like a few other Michael Mann movies. I got mm. to see Manhunter uh, on the podcast, which I really liked. I finally watched Heat um, around the time that we watched Manhunter, which I thought was good. It, it, I was, you know, a little underwhelmed by Heat, I would say, but yeah, I, yeah. I liked Heat. Heat's one of those movies that it is like, there's no denying it's a very good movie. Yeah. Um, I can't really pick any single scenes out of it, but that yeah, almost yeah. is like a Michael Mann standard. It's yeah, more yeah. about the experience. Yes. But Heat is one of those movies that I think back on all the time. Yeah. Even though it's probably going to be a few years before I ever watch it again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean, there's great stuff in in yeah. Heat. Oh yeah. Um, but this this is the one that fucking like I love this movie. Uh, Michael Mann is a is a filmmaker that can sometimes get into indulgence. Yeah. And I think Heat is when he was arguably at his most box office successful. Yep. His most recognizable in terms of being an auteur. Totally. And so I think that one he does lean into a little excess. Yeah. Uh, you get the iconic uh, pairing of Pacino and De Niro who have never been you know, in a scene together. Yeah. So like, there's a lot of, I don't want to say novelty, but there's just a lot more than just Michael Mann making a movie and totally. it gets to be a little bit of an excess piece. And I do prefer when he's shorter, when he's yeah. doing Manhunter, when he's doing Collateral so... I gotta see that. We'll do that on an episode. Too. I would love to. Yeah, Collateral yeah. is real because now good. I'm just like into Michael Mann. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I, I really would like to see more of his his filmography. You're gonna you're gonna love and be disappointed by the Keep. Okay, interesting. Cause, yeah, cause, well, it's awesome, oh, dude. The trailers for that movie are insane. It's awesome. I've seen them at exhumed events before, but it's Mike. It's not. It's not a a rip and horror movie. Right. It's a Michael Mann movie, <laughs> so it's long and turgid and <laughs> it moves slow <laughs> and it it's clammy and cold. And yeah. There's just a, but. Also, that's how it's supposed to be. It's yeah, just, yeah. yeah, you're I gonna love, love it, it but... because I mean, that's like the that what we were talking about. That as we were watching Thief, that is one of the sort of to me like main pleasures of Thief is it's just like this like hazy, mm. smoky, lazy experience. You yep. know what I mean? It, it. I don't know how else to describe it. Really, it's it is. It is exciting at times, and and I I, I literally every scene I'm like totally in it. But it, it is like I do want to like lean back with a cigarette and just kind of like half close my eyes and like yeah. exhale a lot. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it is It is a... Uh, I'm, I'm going to speak with big authority on Los Angeles, having <laughs> been there for three days out of my whole yeah. life. But that visual of the way smog looks yeah. is actually there. Right. really yeah, is there. Yeah. When you go up into the mountains and you look down on the city, there is a dome over the city of that haze. Yeah. And so... I don't want to say that his movies capture that haze with a photorealistic accuracy, sure. but it's the same kind of... Uh, like I, I always said, like, yeah, if I had lived my whole life in Vegas and became a band, I'd be the killers, too. <laughs> you know, it's the, like, if I was very attuned to Los Angeles and wanted to shoot my gritty crime thriller based on having lived with that lens, yeah, it would yeah. end up looking like... You know, Michael Mann movies, it makes sense that that 
he typically tells LA tales. Totally. Uh, by the way it looks. Yeah, yeah. You know, and LA does kind of look like that, but like the way he captures it is like the artistic snapshot of that. It's yeah. beautiful. And I, so I, I mean, we, there's like I think there's some things to dig into with this movie, but my 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 big thing that I I, I think I would like to talk about, and I think it's so interesting, is just like this as a heist movie because mm-hmm. it's it's like there's not a whole lot of heisting in this movie all the same pieces are there yeah you meet the crew yep. you get the outline of the plan you watch the plan um it is missing the element of well actually no say what you're gonna say because i think we're gonna end up getting here naturally I, I think we will it's it's there's not a lot of heisting in this movie and i i think what you were probably about to say is like we don't watch the plan go wrong in the yeah, i mean yeah. we do eventually but well, like with not, the heist movies usually it is we watch the plan go out and then it turns out that not only did they actually succeed in the heist but they actually showed us misinformation leading up to it so that the actual plan being enacted is not the one that even we were proving yeah to. yeah yeah um, they show us their plan for plan A, yeah. and then they end up riffling off plan B's through D, yeah. and uh, we never got, we were never privy to them. Yeah. So even when it looks like things are going wrong, they've actually planned for every eventuality. They're yeah. that good of a right. team. Yeah. But all of those heists are based solely in trickery, uh, yeah. sleight of hand, yeah. and deception. And the idea is like, uh, uh, and you know, I always use Ocean's Eleven as the example of this, mm. but there are so many examples of heist movies that are like this. The idea is like, we get in, we get out, no one even knows we were there. Yeah, it's exactly. all about like smooth, clean, fooling every other character and the audience at the same time. Mm. And Thief is not about any of that fucking shit. Thief is about not getting caught, whereas like Ocean's Eleven is about not even letting on that you did a crime. Right. Yeah. yeah it's all one hundred percent about just being sneaky. Like the Ocean's guys could never do the thief thing no. because nobody opens the safe in Thief. Right. In all the Oceans movies, whatever they have to steal, it is always timed around a moment that they know it will be opened for them. Yes, yeah, you know, yeah, so that's yeah. the difference is that, you know, one is trying to do a magic trick and yeah. the other one's just, we got to blow up a truck. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. yeah. They literally just cut a hole in a wall in this movie. Yep. You know what I mean? And it's in like, the safe. Yeah. Yep. They do not crack that safe no. in the conventional sense. No, they just cut a hole through it. They, they like hire a guy to build the hottest fucking gun of all <laughs> yeah. time. So they can just cut a hole through a safe. A guy who basically says, I can't build this, and if I do build it, it's going to be way too big to, to do anything sneaky. Yep. It's going to be artillery. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, God, I love everything about this movie. And I, I, that is one of the things I like about it is it's like the heists in this movie are dirty. They're not clean. They feel, the, a lot of what I like about this movie is that it's this very grounded reality. No one ever talks about making millions upon billions mm-hmm. of dollars off of the heist. It's always in thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands at the most uh it's a lot of like we're stealing furs and diamonds Mm. and like things that it's like yeah somebody would have that like in a safe or something as opposed to billions of dollars in cash and that's the other thing too is that because of that it adds that layer of protection that james khan uh, frank that yes. frank affords himself which is your money goes on the streets yep like he wants to be paid for the job give me the cash that's it. Like, that's i'm it. not gonna wait for you to sell the sell the diamonds nope. and then you know recoup me no that's not how this works yep. you pay me for my work and that is it this is like not e- this is barely a business transaction i'm doing the work you're giving me the money mm. this is hourly wages oceans like, guys are all cash yeah or yeah. like a necklace yeah. yeah yeah it's it's really interesting but it's like i we, we were talking before where it's like this is a movie that makes me believe there are actually people like climbing into high rises and robbing safes. Oh yeah, which is like not something that Oceans makes. This me This feels like you could do it. Yeah. Well, the Oceans thing is never like those are just impossible. There's yeah. no way to socially engineer and that's why your so way into the safe. Yeah. And that's the fun of it. Yeah. But like, yeah, they're not. 
they're not breaking open a safe. Right. This this movie exists on on a level of like, oh, I like really believe that these things could happen and that these guys in particular would be capable of these things. Mm-hmm. But then that's what the movie like really becomes about, I think, is like who is capable of these kinds of things? Like what kind of a person does what Frank does? Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is like really interesting about this movie. It's like, who is Frank? Why is he doing what he's doing? And why is he good at what he's doing? And like, how does that make Frank feel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Have you watched any True Detective yet? No. The one thing about True Detective that I love about it is like, you know, you'll hear me and Jacob talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And the the conversations we always have is, oh, who do you think did it? Right. Who do you think did and See, even now I'm just trying to remember like exactly who did it and why. Because the show's not about that. Right. It's never about who did it or why or who was the murderer or what the... Yeah, you want to find out that stuff, but it's yeah. always about what does the process do to the person pursuing it. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. so what does it do to these detectives? And yeah. so this is sort of... I guess in in one way it's saying what does this job do to somebody, yeah. but also at the same time, what kind of person is going to be in this, this job, job in the first place? Yeah. And the movie does kind of juggle first cause. Yeah. Um, there's slight suggestions that... Khan came out of the system and yes. was tainted by that being yes. like a foster kid or whatever yeah. or just you know a kid on the streets yeah um you know also having been shaped by jail yeah but the question is just where does that begin where right. does that responsibility cycle kick off yeah and i like that this movie doesn't necessarily land anywhere well uh, I d- in in pointing a finger so much as it's just showing like these this is the machine at work i totally agree i mean I, to me the central scene of this movie is the scene between him and the woman he quite literally kidnaps and tells he wants to marry yeah yeah uh where they're at the diner together that's like the central piece of this movie mm-hmm. i think he literally picks her up yeah out of the bar yeah in a bear hug she's like i don't want to go with you and he's like i don't care if you're coming with me yeah you're mine yeah it's, it's crazy that he actually did to her what the his employer ultimately did to him yes which is yeah yeah, he like, it that much more evil. Exactly. He he like straight up strong arms her into like what he wants out of her. Mm-hmm. He, and and just assumes she'll come around. Yeah. The same way his boss is like, I figured you'd come around. Yep. Yep. You know? It, 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 I, that just clicked now. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's a great point. I didn't think about that either, actually. That's like a really good connection. He became the but it also speaks to like what did his boss go through? Yeah. You know, what fucked up thing. Um, okay. There's a line I'll mention later about the boss. Please, we get yeah. to it. Yeah. That's that's fine. Uh, I, I but the the thing that is like uh, interesting about that where where he is like that that diner scene is he he brings up this idea that like because he came out of the system um, and, and and had to go and and he says I did time and she's like what did you do time for he says I, I stole forty dollars mm. so we already know. That he's stealing thousands of dollars. Yeah, yeah. You know, forty dollars is what put him in jail, and what he says is it put him in jail for two years, but then something happened in jail that resulted in him having to be violent to survive, mm-hmm. and that kept him in jail for like another ten years. Yeah, he said he went in at twenty, came out at thirty-one. 31 yeah, and so like basically what he says is like, you know, I grew up in the system. The system kind of put me here in a sense, right? It's like he stole forty dollars. Mm-hmm. You know. But I wonder though. Sure. That's the other thing sure. too. Is like he's putting on such a show for this girl oh. that he's telling this like tough guy victim story. And it's like maybe maybe he hit someone with a bat. We don't know. You I know? don't want to like, have yeah. too much sympathy for Frank because Frank's a monster. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Like that's the other thing we'll get to. But but I like that about this movie yes. is that he is a monster, but we it so successfully brings us into his headspace that we are rooting for him. He's the protagonist. I want him to beat this system yes. that he's trapped in, even if I am not fully sold on the idea that he is emotionally or or 
personality capable my man of doing so. Buys a baby <laughs> and, and is straight up racist. Negotiates yeah, for the a sale baby. of a baby. <laughs> Literal minutes after negotiating the sale of a minority child. Yes. Yeah. Uh, who he refers to uh, by epithet. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and also is <laughs> brings up that they're ethnic. Uh, because oh, to suggest that they're lesser children, yes, because and should be better. The woman, be because the woman he's trying to to adopt the baby from says something to the effect of like less desirable, yeah, and yeah. he assumes that means children of color. Yep, yep. That's like his immediate he assumption. He blasts two races. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then combines them while trying to purchase them. Yes. <laughs> It's insane. It is insane. He's a monster. He's like a yep. crazy person that does not but I understand love in that humans. Scene, though, he says like he doesn't this is a horrible misquote, but he says something to the effect of like, you know, this system that I you know, I came out of this, yeah. we can't have that. It was yeah. it was bad for me. I'm gonna get this kid out of it. And like the question then becomes, is he doing this for noble reasons because he right. believes that and right. is still fueled by these right. prejudices that he has? Right. Or is he just once again kidnapping an idea the same yeah. way that he kidnapped this woman to just mold it to his vision of you know his complete outsider's vision to what normalcy should be exactly yeah. and th- i mean that i i do want to get to that because i think that's what the picture represents mm. um but to to sort of wrap a point so we can because i i yeah, re- sorry, I re- sorry, yeah. that's fine <laughs> I, I really want to talk about that actually but he says to her some of the effect of like i went in for 40 bucks which is like whatever nothing let's assume that he's telling the truth right it went in for 40 bucks and then my life was threatened to the point just being in jail that I had to do something violent that resulted in like mm. eight more years, basically eight or nine more years. And so he really, he sets up this idea that it's like, you know, I only, I spent a decade in jail and it was really just because like I needed to survive. Mm-hmm. And then in doing so, the man that came out on the other side, the only thing he had left was literal nihilism. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He says something about like uh, nothing. The only thing I think about is nothing. I believe in you nothing. You should absolutely watch The Night Before. Oh, the okay. miniseries. Yeah, I remember like that. Fun. Yeah. Riz Ahmed. Riz Ahmed. He's yeah. great in it. Uh, oh, uh, John, John Turturro. Turturro. Yeah. Great in it. Yeah. And, but it's a story just about like, you don't, you don't go through the system without scars. Right. It's like, it's it's really you should yeah. frontline that it's really worth watching. And but in this one, you know, he comes out of it, and it's you were sort of saying it there. He literally says the only way I could survive was by eliminating all emotion. Yep. And as long as I cared about nothing, and it showed. Yep. Then nobody would fuck with. Then me. I would survive. Then I would survive. And so then the man that comes out on the other side is this like totally broken monster. That's that how he knows how to not survive. Not a man. Yeah. And it speaks to his skills. If you are going to be a thief, your skill is to be invisible. Yep. Uh, we always talk. Uh, one of my favorite aspects about Reservoir Dogs. Oh yeah. Is that one of the? I think maybe the sole survivor. I don't know if he's one of a few. I can't remember. Is Steve Buscemi. Yeah. He's the only person in the entire thing. That will not breach the rules of the hut. He keeps the code name. Keeps he, the code yeah, name. Yep. Do, does not break any rules. Yep. And that's and so that that's what you have to have to yep. survive yep. a criminal's life is yep. these are the rules that I stand by. And I guess this movie we do watch him begin to flex those rules. Sure. But uh yeah, it it opens with him being that unfeeling thief of yep. just Nope, I do my job, yep. you pay me, and that is fucking it. Yeah. And I, I do, do not care, know. I do not want to know. I think this movie has a certain amount of sympathy for Frank because yeah. of that, you know, as it uh, should. And and I think that's an interesting kind of like smart thing for this movie to do. I think it's the right amount of sympathy. Yes. Yeah. If it tried to heroicize him, it would be a little bit tough to get right. on board with because you'd be like, I don't even really like this. This movie's guy. not about an antihero. We if were talking he was about gleefully that. villainous. Yeah. Uh, that's just an entirely different movie. Right. Could work. Yeah. But yeah. you know, 
would have to be a much more playful movie in right, that sense, instead right. of brooding, which yeah. is Michael Mann's thing. Yeah, yeah, so if yeah. you need a sweaty movie that smells like your dad, <laughs> then you're gonna have to go this route. Yeah, and it's and that, I think that's why it works is that it's like he's we he never is heroized in any way. I don't mm. think um, uh, heroized, heroized. I don't know. Uh, heroized. Heroized. He's never celebrated as yeah, someone that right. you should be on board with because you are his ethical match. Right. He's someone that you get on board with because it sells you on the idea that he might be worth rooting for, that he right. might be worth that that investing hope in him is not something that will be thrown away because he's so doomed by being a criminal while also presenting the very obvious fact that he very well might be doomed to being a criminal. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, that's a very tough line to to walk. Yeah. But I think also James Caan is one of the few actors that I can think of that could do it because part of James Caan's appeal is that he's rude, he's brash and he's a polite gentleman. Uh-huh. And it yes. He balances that. Yes. You know, he's you know, he he makes that woman laugh when he's flirting with her, yeah. telling her the story about how he beat a man to death with a <laughs> with a pipe. Yep. And and it's I believe it. It's a genuine laugh. I yeah. feel it. He, I'm yeah. charmed by it. Yeah, that's not an easy sell. Yeah. And this movie is selling that from beginning to end. But James Conn is the guy to do it. Oh my god, he's like amazing. He's in this so movie, funny. I but I mean, even in Misery, yeah, a movie that we loved. Yes. watching him be a smarmy asshole, uh-huh. and we're rooting for him because he's in a terrible situation. Yeah, but it's very clear that when he's entering that situation, he's a dude with some problems. He's fucked up. Yep. He's a dick. Yep, and you know, grows out of it into someone wiser. Yeah, that's a good thing for someone even as unique as James Conn, to be able to pull off with such flexibility. I agree. Uh, so I want to talk about what you were saying before, though, is because I think, you know, one of the... This is the thing I always remember about this movie, is he carries this picture with him that is like a collage of things that he's, like, cut out of magazines, basically, mm-hmm. that represent what he thinks human beings should want in life. Got a house? Yep, got a house on it. Got a wife on it. Got wife some kids it. on it. Yep. Also, I don't know if you noticed, they make, like, vague mention of it. literally has a pile of skulls on it. Yeah. She makes mention of, like, why are there all these dead people on it? And he says something weird to the effect of, like, people die and you got to remember that. That, like, there's an end to all things or something like that. Something like that. There's, like, a fatalistic attitude to it. But I think that connects, too, that he still has a picture of Willie Nelson. Yes. uh, David (laughs) Okja. Yeah, something like that. I forget they keep calling him. Yeah, yeah. Okla. Okla, because I remember Okla? thinking, oh, Oklahoma, where the wind goes, <laughs> as soon as they said his name. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, Okla. Yeah. And so I love that, though, because in that picture, this thing that that he's striving towards to be his complete break from his past life, even in itself, has a foot in the door of his yes. past life. Yeah. Of, you know, Which, his imagined past life of I want to talk about David, but I but let's get through the picture, because, oh, boy, do I want to talk about yeah. David. I, 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 that is one of the most interesting scenes in the movie, I think. The picture, though, is like, to me... I, and this is how I remember the movie. And watching it again this time, I want to talk about this because I, I don't know if I still feel this way necessarily. But mm-hmm. but I remember really feeling like the picture is literally like he is so much like not a human being at this point where like he seems to barely even understand like basic human interactions and stuff mm-hmm. that like this picture is just what he thinks he's supposed to want. Like I don't even he think he like he's like actually wants these things. He just knows he's supposed to want those yeah. things. Do you I know would what agree I mean? with. I think it's. I think it's a mix of things. Yeah, and I like the nuance of this movie. Yeah. Um, he, he to me it registers as a teenager with the shit that we used to write down when we were being edgy oh, yeah. teenagers yeah. about what life owes us and what yeah. life to, yeah. is completely based in delusion yep. and just based in societal influences and things like that. And so yeah, the white there's a literal white picket fence yes. on his house yep. that he has there. 
this white picket fence fantasy that he has is something that he's always been almost promised. That's like kind of part of our culture is right. it's promised. And then we wrestle with whether we want it or whether, you know, a lot of folks aren't even in the the playing field with which it's an op, you know, an option. They're not in the position to have it. But he witnesses the desire for this from the inside. Yeah. From inside jail. So he has this perverted version of it. Yeah. So I think it's a little bit of both. It probably began as I want to have a normal life, but I've been fucked since day one. Yeah. But it's also skewed by the fact that it's like, I don't know what I want because I am not a free man. Yeah. Um, this is what I'm supposed to want. So that's just what's going to get me. Yeah. You know. Well, we had that conversation then at the end when we finally do get to watch him go through this heist, which is like such an incredible sequence that at the end of it, when they finally get into the safe, Belushi is the one that is like offloading all the diamonds and stuff. He just sits back and smokes a cigarette and sort of looks at what he's accomplished in Mm -hmm. breaking into the safe. And to me, I read that as like, that's really what should be on his picture. Yeah. As far as like what would fulfill him and what would make him feel like he had purpose and there was meaning to things like it or not, is thieving, is Mm. doing this thing that he is remarkably good at. And he seems to get some sort of satisfaction out of being remarkably good at it. You know, I think anybody in this, I think one of the keys to happiness in life is to get good at something you enjoy doing, whether you get paid for it or not is irrelevant, but getting good at something that you enjoy doing is something that I think everybody has in their heart. Yeah. And he just happens to be really good at being a thief. And so... And I'm not saying that's good I or get anything, the sense but that it's... even in that moment, he, even though he is pissed that his boss ultimately takes that dream away yeah. from him by saying, "No, you're actually trapped in this life." Yeah. In that moment, the moment that you say should be his picture. Yeah. Um, I think in that moment he also comes down to the realization that like this this normal life that I've been trying to tell me is definitely a vacation. Yeah. You know, I I actually can't do it. Yeah. You know? That's kind of what I think too. If he really believed in having that normal life, he would have kicked uh oh no, I forget her name. What oh. is his wife's name? Yeah, uh hold on. I want to look her up actually anyway because I want to get that actress's name. Oh yeah. Is um, she Tuesday? Tu- yes, that's right. Yeah. She's got that great name. Yeah. What is his wife's name though? I want to say Karen. Yeah but Karen. I know it's no not one Karen. goes to jail, Karen. Yeah, yeah. Um I know it's not Karen. Uh, keep keep going with your thought. I'll get you the I'll get you the name. If they wanted to sell me on the idea completely that he actually did one out of the business, he would have said, "You Jesse. need to get Jesse." He would have said, "Jesse, I want you to take the child, get out of town. It could be a month down the line. It could be six months down the line, but I will find you." That's one hundred percent what I think too. Yeah. In that scene, it's like, and and I don't mean to use other movies as a barometer for this one because I I do think that's what's interesting about it. But it's like in any other movie about this character, that character it becomes the hero in that moment. Yeah. It goes like, I'm going to do anything for you and our family that we mm. have now created. I'm going to go clean it up. Yep. I'll be on your tail. Yep. Yeah. That's yep. exactly what it, what you'd think, but his character doesn't do that. Now, one, I like that it's a realistic approach because in real life, if you're like, I'm going to clean up this business and come find you, no, you're going to go get murdered. Yeah. And that's what, you're that's either going to die happen. or kill a bunch of people. Or that's all, bunch, that, that's, that's all that yeah. is. But, you know, this being more real world, you know, it could be argued that he feels that that option has now been taken away. Yeah. So the most logical option is to just immediately cut every single tie. And yeah. Not, and, you know, I'm just going to have to go die and yep. do yep. whatever. Yep. But I, I don't fully believe that. I really I think... believe that a small piece of him was just like, I am trapped in, yep. but this is also sort of my out yeah. from this normal. I, I honestly think yeah. that, too. I tried on this hat. It didn't fit the way yep. that I thought it would yep. fit. And because I'm pretty monstrous... 
I can kick this to I can have robbed this woman out of her life, given her a child. And then force her to run away with and that then child. Just yeah. Send her away with enough money that it's not a problem. Yeah. Despite that still being the I, biggest problem. I truly problem. think that yeah. too. And and one of the honestly, one of the things that makes me think that is like as soon as it happens, he like goes to his closet, pulls out a box, knows exactly how much money is in that box, yep. gives her a plan for he that. He had a money. plan for an out. He's been he's got a whole yeah, exactly. Yep. He's got a whole backup plan for this. And it's weird. Did that come from him being a thief that always right. needs plans B through C? Yep. It's once again, it's the argument of first cause. Ah, man, Michael Mann's brilliant with this kind of stuff. It's awesome because when you struggle with what the first cause, like what that original sin is, yeah, um, and you're not behooved to find an answer, yeah, you can really milk nuance out of characters that, by all means, I would run the opposite direction from him totally because he's bad fucking news, yeah, yeah. But I want to go on this ride with, yeah, exactly. That's really, really, that's impressive writing. It totally is, and I'm so glad that. And once again, that is just James Caan's brand. He can do that, yeah. I'm so glad you felt that way. He though. could beat me into me giving him a hug. Uh-huh. It's yeah. Uh-huh. I just like that. I, I that is how I remember this movie. And watching it again, I was like, I do still feel that way about this movie. But I don't know if it's necessarily giving me that. It mm-hmm. you know, it is showing us him crumbling the picture of that future he wanted and yeah, throwing yeah. it on the ground, which to me, in like some sort of classic cinematic language, represents like a a like. Um, uh, oh, you fucked it all up. You know, him blaming his boss. Like, you fucked it all up. You fucked up my future. Now I got to come for you and burn yours down. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. But it reads a little more to me like um, I wanted it to be exactly this picture, and it wasn't. It was 1% off, and that's all it takes. I'm out. Burn it down. Mm. This was not exactly what I thought it would be. And that's what it reads to me like at the end of the day. It's like, even if the initial thing is like, you know what? I wanted it to be 100% this perfect white picket fence, and it's only 95% that, and that upsets me. It seems like at the end of the day, what that results in is the real emotion that he's having, which is just like, this doesn't fit. I want out. Yeah. Like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. He also can't control that, too. Yeah. You know, that's like... Yeah. Well, I mean, even the way he does his business, there's no wiggle room. Nope. When there's... He doesn't ever pull out his gun unless you try to threaten that wiggle room. That's and right. And then he will shove a gun in your face. Yeah. And, like, she certainly... Th- uh, created wiggle room. Yeah, yeah. Whether that was because she was burrowing into emotion, right, or whether it was because she just, you know, her existence upset his clinical rigid procedure and yeah, you know, belief. Yeah, that is. <laughs> well, and he even like the the second that they think they're being like watched and and there's like a bug in the house or whatever, mm. uh, he you know he asks her if she's nervous. And he his response is as if he's responding to her sort of saying, like, yeah, I'm kind of nervous. But his response is, well, we'll just get a different house. Yeah. He, yeah. Like he just we'll cut and run. Yeah, yeah. He's like always he just trying his fucking to, house. Yeah, yeah, he's just always trying to like get out of the situation that wow. he seems to have dreamt of. But it's very clear to me that it's like you never actually dreamt of this. You just were told you're supposed to dream of this. Yeah. And he's not willing to uh meet it halfway. No. Yeah. And he's so like he I really think he's like so and, and I, I really don't mean this to be uh, overly disparaging or anything, but it's like he's so inhuman mm. that he just is connecting with a human idea. I'm saying this with quote hands, a human idea that he's been told he's supposed to want. He's a human that doesn't know how to be human. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't know what And that so he's means. just like trying to force himself to fit in the box of person, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, and like he had to create... I don't want to say create an image. Actually, you know what? Honestly, it's the opposite. In being a thief, you have to create the opposite of an image because yeah. you do have to you be want invisible. To yeah. That's one thing that I always say um, is that, and I think they've done a very good job so far 
in casting new Bonds as they go. Mm. The thing with Bond, Bond has to be iconic and he has to be believably forgettable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's oh, always got to be believably yeah. forgettable by everybody except the big villain who he has been the thorn in their side. Yeah, yeah. Always has to be that way. And they, they've done a great job. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Craig is striking. Yeah. He's memorable. He's badass. He's yeah. iconic. Yeah. But if I sat down and played a game of poker with him and literally anyone within, you know, 30% similarity to how he looks sat down, I could be reasonably right. persuaded that, that was him yeah, yeah yeah it's and it works across the board for all of them yeah that's um, interesting i never thought about you that. know and like that's how a thief has to be yeah you know the uh the oceans crew does the opposite they all create <laughs> yeah. these very large characters yeah. so that it distracts from the sleight of hand yeah where his job is to be as minimal as possible yeah and just be quiet. Yeah. The, and even his business is like that. He's got his phone at the bar. Yeah. You know, he never uses it. It's pay phones and the phone at the yeah. bar. Never a home phone. He yeah. burns his house. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. When he gets rid of that photo, uh, I sense a little bit of spite because he still yeah. reads as a teenager to me, which right. could say something about him having gone into jail at sure. such a young age. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he has that, you know, he would have a dead journal if this was not 1981. Yeah. But when he throws that out, he gets... I, I wanted him to burn the picture because that would have suited that that theory perfectly. Uh-huh. Yeah, when he throws it out, I don't know if he's saying, like, you know, it was imperfect and uh, therefore I don't want it. Yeah. Or if that's, like... It kind of reads as the moment where it's, like... I, I don't want anything. Yeah, I'm just yeah, gonna yeah, be yeah. distracted. Yeah. I don't know. I have to watch it again. Well, he, you know, it's like he has a speech in the beginning, beginning, like halfway through, about nothing, about about how he's nothing, and he has oh, to yeah. treat he everything. Just feels like nothing. He's, he just nothing, nothing. I have to treat everything like it's nothing, uh, and it's like maybe that survival mechanism turns into like even the things I want mean nothing to me, and mm-hmm. so even when I have them, I, it it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. And I also think too, like. Uh, this is like a movie like Taxi Driver that if it started over again, he would be in the exact same spot. Right. Like if he just walked to the next town over yeah. and put together a crew, this whole thing could believably He'd happen again. Do it all over and again. And he would convince himself that he's in love with Agreed. this new woman. He would convince himself, yeah. Because that's, that's true, too. He literally, he references a wife that we never meet yeah. that he's quote unquote divorcing. And he even kind of when he's talking to Willie Nelson says something to the effect of like, the way he explains it, it sounds like they're not even really divorced yet, but he's already got this new woman. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like he, he says something like, oh, yeah, I was having all these affairs, and she didn't want it, and she doesn't understand my business, yeah, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. Whatever. She's gone. She's old news. Yeah. I've got this new broad. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I want to talk about Willie Nelson's character. He's, first off, he's Willie amazing Nelson in this movie. great in this movie. He's so good in this he's movie. He's just the best. Willie Nelson's just one of those... You know Willie Nelson's house burnt down, and he was... I forget where he was. He was like somewhere far away wherever he was like at a tour stop they called him there like your house is burning down he drove there ran into the blaze and emerged with his old guitar and like three pounds of weed (laughs) because that's what he needed to save Uh willie nelson rules yeah that's amazing (laughs) yeah he also has like 40 kids he's great (laughs) oh my god (laughs) well he's a hundred he's a vampire you don't you don't live to be vampire age without getting some progeny this movie from 1981 plays on the idea that he's old enough to be dying to die yeah and he's still alive and he looks old as shit oh yeah, yeah he's, he's <laughs> you know, still alive like, yeah he uh a couple years back put out uh, i used to subscribe to the uh, quarterly jack white uh, vinyl subscription yeah, service yeah. and i needed to save money because it was not cheap and so i quit and yeah. the very next package was willie nelson live at third man oh man and, oh my god i want it well he's great in this and <laughs> he's I, great 
You know me, I, I love my secret gay movies. Did you find any uh, homoerotic tensions between him and Willie Nelson in that scene in the jail? I don't know if it was between him and Willie Nelson, yeah. but it was definitely when Willie Nelson refers to back you know, when I was a criminal. Yeah. We didn't let any of this gay shit in the prisons. Right. They got rapists in here. There's, yep. there's some really crazy things going on, and it implies that he has experienced some of this stuff, yeah. and it implies that he is rather confused about it. Yeah. And well, so there's something there. Khan also makes some sort of vague reference to what sounds like sexual assault, really, from his time in jail, I think, as well, when he's talking in the diner um, uh, with uh, uh, Jan- Jesse. Um, but, <laughs> he almost went with Janet, I, uh, who's the best friends of Karen. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, Damn it, Janet! Karen! But I really think, to me, it mostly shows up right there in that scene between the two of them. What does he mention in the diner? I really don't remember. Oh, so he 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 makes reference to, like, uh, at some point he says, like, you know, I beat that guy over the head a couple times with the metal bar. Then the rest of them got to me, and, you know, they did what they did. He, like, uh, he, he very yeah, vaguely right, is yeah. like, you know, they used me, they, you know. Yeah. Um, it, so it, it sounds like assault. It doesn't sound like anything. Uh, um, uh, oh, there's implicit uh, thoughts that we're meant to have there, I think. Yeah. I, I think so. And and to me, the, the there is a weird, they're, not weird, that's the wrong word, but there is a tension to the two of them on either sides of this glass and the way they're talking to each other, I don't, I, I can't describe it, but it, it reads as very queer to me. There's a silent understanding that there's more to jail than just doing your time. Yeah. And if that reads as sexual violence, as physical violence, yeah. I, I think that that tension is absolutely meant to be there. Well, nice. But I would agree that there is something. Uh, I can't come up with a good word. I specifically mean be something pink about it between them. Yeah. Yeah, between the two of them, yeah. like like. E- Regardless of of their time in prison, I it, there he was, was like a father to me. I believe is the term that yeah. he uses. And since I trust neither of them to be alone with someone who is in less power of them, yeah, I can certainly presume that that could speak to a history. Yeah, yeah. they're they're just I, I I can't describe it, but there was no. I feel you. There's and I I don't think that that is completely out of interest in in the realm of what Michael Mann thinks about. I know. About. Yeah. It's, there was some queer tension there, and I was very curious about that because Michael Mann's movies, it's the the hilariously ironic thing about his name, but they're always about masculinity yeah, and yeah, manhood yeah. and what makes And it's a weird man. they do romanticize masculinity in a soft soap operatic way, yeah, which yep. is a typically feminine lens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. It's, it's no, I think you're right. There is something there. I'd have to watch it again with that in mind. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't want to say I didn't pick it up, but I think in casting Willie Nelson and having him play it like that, yeah. he doesn't play as a hard old man. No. There's something that is queer. There's something that is slightly fey about him, I believe is the word. Sure. Yeah, there yeah, there's there's something there. There's something and going the fact on there. That it's very Khan interesting. Khan is very much a uh it, and it's weird too like Khan's very much a conquering type. Yeah. But like I don't actually ever see a moment of him sexualizing his wife. No. He's the type of guy that I expect to be smacking asses and being like, "Hey, sugar tits, you yeah, like that?" Yeah. And there's really none of that. No, and it this is the, like kind of the I mean, the reason I wanted to bring up these sort of Actually, cre- the only time that we ever even see him have sex with his wife is right before he's like, "Can't do it." It's the beach run. scene thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah that's yeah. true, actually. And and I it's kind of oh, why I wanted wow. to bring up that that queer tension that I felt in that scene because it, if if we do agree that he's got this picture that is meant to represent the life that he thinks he's supposed to be leading, mm. but it seems pretty clear 
he doesn't actually want any of that. That's like just what he thinks he's supposed to want. Yeah, I think yeah. the idea of a wife plays into that, where it's like, oh, a beard, yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like maybe there is, maybe he did have this kind of queer relationship with Willie Nelson's character that the jail time basically cut off, and he is now left to his own devices. Where it's like Willie David understands him. They've both done time. They both have felt that emptiness that he describes to Jesse yeah. in the diner that Jesse's never going to understand or connect with him on. And Jesse is really just the the thing to bide time while uh, David is in jail. And if you think about it, David he gets David out of jail, and they're like very excited about that. And he's like, you only got 10 months to go. And he's like, I need to get out now. But he dies as soon as he gets out. And that's really when things start to fall apart with him and yeah, his wife yeah. and all and that even stuff. Even when he brings his wife, he has a full-on conversation as best as he can at David, who's not really speaking. Yes. And then he goes, oh, oh yeah, this is my, my wife, wife, Jesse. Yeah. And when he says that, oh, wait a minute, maybe that's what the whisper's oh, about. Oh, yeah. Because it's right after he introduces her and she says, I don't, I don't remember what she says. Yeah. And she like gestures like, oh, he wants to talk yeah. to you. He has James Conn lean down and put his ear to his face, and then he whispers something, and we don't hear it. Yeah, and maybe that is the actual. It may be like an "I love you" or a... reference to something like yeah, that. Maybe yeah, because he when he when she says, what "Oh did fuck," he, she says to him, "What did he say to you?" And he, definitely, what he says to her, the way he says it, is like he's totally lying to her. Because he, I don't remember what he says. Uh, I don't remember her asking him. Uh, she, it's like right where they're there at the hospital. She says something like, "What did he say to you?" And he goes like. Uh, uh, you know, he said thanks for for getting him out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what he, he goes. Oh, yeah, ah, he, he said thanks. Explains for the, him out. Uh, you know, he said that he wanted to get out before he, we got him out before yeah, he died. Yeah, 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 he didn't want not in there. And, and he says it in this very dismissive way that it's like, well, he's lying to her. That's yeah, not he just what he doesn't want to talk to about it. Yeah, that's true. And at that point, like before we even have the context, it almost reads as him just putting out sagely advice. Yeah. But when you I, load it with that front scene, I, now I, that I'm thinking of it through that lens. There's very much... It's, and I, I, who knows how much of it is intentional? I do think there's a lot of these movies yeah, yeah. that have kind of like unintentional queer moments in them and oh, stuff. We talked but... about it earlier on Twitter, just talking about how, you know, when we argue over a horror, I yes. think it almost becomes the eye of the viewer. Yeah. I think yeah. that's true for most art, is that always uh, with, you know, deference to the intentions of the creator. Yeah. You know, but the creator is not responsible for what your reaction is to it. Yeah. And your reaction is as valid as any. Yeah. You know, um, that's there, the beauty of I art. Don't know. There's something to that scene yep. in the jail cell that that really reads as queer to me, and it. it, it I think that that's very much on Michael Mann's plate. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, this is going to sound maybe a little ridiculous. You don't write that many sweaty, beefy men and not have that permutation quantify into things. One of the last images of that that scene uh, at the jail where they're talking to each other is Willie gets like up, like stands up and puts his face really close to the glass and says, I have to get out and breathes on the glass. And you like see his breath on the glass. Yeah. And I, I don't know. There's something oddly sexual about that. And then he pulls his shirt open and presses right. his yeah, lips yeah, against exactly. it. And yeah. he's like, just just touch it. Yeah. I, I won't be able to feel it, but I'll know that your palm is there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, and it's, it's look, it could, it could be a longing just to get out of jail. Like yeah. I could be applying this queerness really to something that's not, you know. It really could be an innocent, uh, not to suggest that I, know, I keep is not saying innocent. things like that yeah, and then it's, it's like that's a dumb thing to say i don't need to qualify this it's it could be something as basic and classic as just a father-son relationship absolutely a uh, master and apprentice yep. relationship yep. as it is understood because well, that's what dude from last action hero implies uh, for him he says like i could be your godfather basically yeah, he, yeah, yeah. They, they imply the father-son thing again with that relationship yeah too. Yeah, yeah i mean i think it's natural that that james Conn would be 
uh, that Frank would be chasing a, a father figure. Yeah, absolutely. But then as we learned in Mysterious Skin, that yeah, is yes. a desire that can be very quickly perverted by yep. somebody who does it. But, yep. you know, we also would have to call into uh, question the idea that uh, David, Will and Nelson David, yep. uh, probably not his first rodeo in jail. Right, yeah. May have come out of jail. Yeah. May have come out of jail, a different person that he went into jail with. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you know, and I think- in raising an apprentice... That's not going to be an unstrained relationship. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, uh, again, I don't want to put too much on this queer thing, but I was very fascinated. I don't think by it's it not, time. not. You know, he he says something. It's very me, readable now that you pointed out. Remember when he says like he's like uh, she asked him something about like who is David or whatever, and he goes, "Oh, he's a master thief. He's yeah. the best there is." There's not like really. I don't know. Well, but also yeah. like there's well, yeah. I mean, he's in jail, but like I don't know. Maybe there's some implication to he's a master thief. Like, you know, what if the suggestion? Know, is that the reason he is in jail is yeah. because he broke one of his rules in order to spare James Conn. Oh, interesting. You know? Yeah. And so then that could very easily suggest the same way that the classic story of the criminal gets a little soft when he yeah, meets his right. love. Yeah, that's interesting. That's wild. I want to yeah. watch that again with that read. Yeah, yeah. Because, like... It doesn't... I mean, that that that, that queer... There is... A, what's weird is the that queer there is a tension there. doesn't come back up necessarily in the movie again, but it was so heavy in that scene. What I'll say in defense of it is that there is no denying the fact that there is a tension in that scene yeah. that goes beyond, it's my duty to get you out. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't want to die I agree. there. There is more of a tension there. Yeah. And so what we ascribe that to, I think there's plenty of material there that you could describe it to a bunch of things. Yeah. But uh, I like this idea. Yeah, yeah. It, because there is a tension there, and if yeah. they actually really are a father and son, you know, familial thing, sure. that tension shouldn't be there. Yeah. It should be only as basic as I need to get him out because he doesn't want to die. This is there. like my duty. I owe it to yeah, him. Yeah, this is my yeah. my dad's family. Yeah, yeah. It's, never turn your back on family. Yeah, yeah. And there's something more there's there. There's something significant there's absolutely about absolutely something that. there, yeah. and then just what it is, I guess, is yeah. up to interpretation. Yeah. But. Yeah. I don't know. And, and I'm with you, though. It's like man is always sort of investigating masculinity in mm-hmm. some way. And and I do really think that, like, a lot of the appeal of Michael Mann to me is all that weird soap opera shit that he does. Yep. And uh, it's so atypical for what we understand, especially in the 1980s, to be the macho male hero, yeah. which is probably why he often doesn't deal in outright heroes. Right. Um, part of being human is being confused. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, if we want to, like, okay, let's just decide for the sake of this argument that, like, we've both decided, like, actually, what Michael Mann doing is making secret queer movies. For the mm. sake of this argument, that's what he's doing, right? You could certainly, uh, like, the same way that the Babadook was was uh, uh, absorbed as a LGBTQ yeah, icon, yeah. which is great. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's so awesome. great. Yeah. And what better movie? It's a, such a great movie. Yeah. Um, in the same way, uh, did you read that article in the the latest Fangoria about Freddy 2. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, that was and so fantastic. Like, that's a movie that, like, I mean, it, that wears it on its sleeve. Yeah. But to become, you know, iconographic towards a queer community is so cool. Yeah. I think a lot of Michael Mann's movies could reasonably be accepted as as banner items of queer cinema, even if they weren't necessarily expressly intended to be that way. Right. It. Yeah. It. it Michael Mann more than a lot of filmmakers. I do. I don't know. That's it's. It's an interesting thing to me that he's always so interested in masculinity, but masculinity looks so distinct in his movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, well, I think with the queer movement, you know, the biggest, not the biggest, but a big hurdle is just the idea that it's like. Just because you aren't expressly straight doesn't mean that you're not masculine. Right. There's a that's a broad definition. Yeah. And 
Michael Mann's movies sort of expound upon the typical, the stereotypical masculine image by embracing a lot of that, but also fanning it out to show a little bit more. Well, and I think a lot of the masculinity in man's movies is a lot of posturing. It's a lot of people, I am a man, and so I look like this, and I do these things, you know, that does not necessarily seem to uh, be actually how those characters are. You mm-hmm. know, it's like a lot of posturing. But what I was going to say is I think if, if, like, if we can just agree, just for the sake of this argument, that's what he's doing, making these secret queer movies, they are all about criminals. And in the time that he was making these movies was still almost a criminal act yeah. in society to be queer. Yeah. You know? It was um, a it was an anarchic move yeah, against the norms yeah. of, of yeah. Oh yeah. absolutely. So it's like maybe there is something to that, you know? Uh, I and don't know. In the eighties it was you know, even having it be viewed as a choice, uh, it was viewed as a as a well, self-damaging choice because it was AIDS a dangerous epidemic. time to yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, and you got to see Cruising. Oh, I would love That's to see Cruising. That's a Freezing movie. Man, yeah. It's not like the greatest movie no, in the I know, world. And honestly a lot of it you're like Damn, you know this is distasteful, but sure. it's interesting, and you know oh, in that yeah. sense. Uh, oh, I'm very curious to see that. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Other. Oh yeah. And so, uh, to tie this into one of his later movies, I don't want to spoil anything for yeah. it. Yeah. But Collateral, a movie uh-huh. that I love. One of the things that's interesting about it is that Tom Cruise is a hitman, and his character is very, very good at his job. He's yeah. cold. He's clinical. He gets it done. But there's a moment in the movie, um, I'll refer to it as the jazz club moment. That's all I'm going to say. But uh, there's a a monologue exchange between him and another character in which it's kind of called into question, like, no matter, like, this job actually gets in the way of you being you. Mm -hmm. And the, the line that Tom Cruise utters is, I am a cool guy. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, but the way he says this is very Tom Cruise but uh-huh. it's it's a kind of a heartbreaking moment for a character who is a piece of shit yeah. an absolute monster yeah. because it humanizes him in a way yeah um Man, we should really do an episode on Collateral. I would, I would, I would love, love to, to talk about it. I'm down to just like, watch Michael Mann it movies. Is, yeah, right. All right, guys. It's I Like to Manny Manny <laughs> yeah, with yeah. the new show. Uh, Where we also <laughs> uh, do a recap of, God, I'm not going to be able to remember the name of the sitcom with the kid named Manny. Who? No, I don't know the that one. Modern Family. Oh, I don't really know about it. The joke would have been a lot better if I just knew that title and said it. I was thinking of the baseball player Manny Ramirez, which is weird because I don't think of baseball players. The only reason he's in my... Oh, God, I shouldn't even get into it. The only reason he's into my in my head is because back in the day when I lived in Maniac, my buddy and I used to pass by this barbershop called Style of Man. Okay. And so we're, we always mocked it. And then we, we created all these other shops like Style of Manifest Destiny where they give you a haircut whether you like it or not because that's God's will. And then we had like Style of Manny Ramirez. Uh-huh. And I was relating this story to Jenna the other day. So Manny Ramirez is on the brain. Uh-huh. Great. You get cornrows if you go to style of <laughs> Manny Ramirez because that's what he wore when he was he was a catcher. I don't, I don't know, know anything about it. Anywho, yeah. uh, in Collateral, this you know, there's a similar thing going yeah. on there where it's talking about like you have just postured so hard that you've lost yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that uh, that ties into to a queer identity, especially in society where it's like you, unfortunately, you know. It's not hard being a man, but one of the hardest parts is sometimes you got to pretend to be a man. Right, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's, that's yeah. And uh, But another way that this movie does connect to Collateral is in that movie, Jamie Foxx plays a cab driver. A oh, yeah. cab driver with big dreams of retiring and moving to a tropical island and that kind of thing. Sure. So he keeps with him a photograph wow. of the life that he wants to, wants to live. 
And in the visor in his cab, that's what he keeps is this picture of a of an island. And whenever he's stressed, and he has a speech about it. He's great in the movie, by the yeah. way. So is Ruffalo. Oh, um, I didn't know he was in that. Ruffalo's in it, and he's got he's got one good moment that like I have nightmares over. Oh it's, god, yeah, it's yeah. it's a good movie. Oh, that's cool. Um, but yeah, uh, when he's driving his night shift in the cab, he's yeah. dreaming about how one of these days he's gonna get enough money, he's gonna open a limo service, yep. and then I'll have enough money to go there. And when he feels stressed. He closes his eyes and goes to that island. And uh, it's kind of a like a subversion of what we're seeing in yeah, Thief. Yeah, that's interesting that he came back to it's that It's been idea. a while that I've... And, and Thief is based on a book, and I wonder if it's from there. Yeah, that's but true. Either way, it's in man's brain. I, I don't know what Collateral's basis is or even if sure. man wrote it. Yeah. I don't know. But it's obvious that that is a similar theme, and man would be an idiot if he didn't recognize it. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I get the sense, at least in my memory of Collateral, which I haven't seen in a while, that Jamie Foxx's character has made peace with the fact that he's not actually going to retire to an island. Yeah. But things are going to get better. Right. And that's his reminder. Got to keep the dream a, because that'll fuel you to at least get to the to other get side to of better yeah, than yeah. this. Yep. And, and I love that. And it's so. It, he has the he's reached the same realization that it seems Frank has reached at the end of Thief, which is that is unattainable. Yeah. And Frank's res- uh, you know Jamie Foxx's response is that's fine. It's not really attainable except for but a small amount of people. But the fight for that is what's going to keep me above yeah. you know rock bottom. And Frank has gone the other way. He's gone. That is not attainable. Um, burn it down. Burn it down. Burn it down. Burn it down. No one can have it. Yep. No, nope. that's yeah. that's very interesting because it's really interesting. I, th- I think both of those, if we're gonna frame it in masculinity, I think both of those. You know what? If you ever want the uh, an item of of how we can quantify what toxic masculinity is and to separate it from masculinity, which is good, yeah, is exactly that. Yeah, I think that it is. I don't want to say a solely masculine trait, but the hero's trait to say, you know what? I have to succeed. I'm going to power through and I'm going to work hard. Yeah. That's your Jamie Foxx. Yeah. That's a really good masculine trait. Yeah. Um, but if I can't have it, well, then no one can. Yeah. Also a pretty inherently masculine trait. <laughs> yeah. Not a good one. Yeah. And so we're watching. That's very cool to see man explore both of those. I agree. And it's like, that's like. I don't know, like, Thief is a really weird movie, and that's, like, a lot of what I like about it, that it's, like, just this weird movie. Actually, I would say in the sense of the original definition of the term queer applies, in that it's just, it's atypical. Yeah, it is. It's atypical, it's a little bit weird. Yeah. But that's what makes it charming. It is, and it, but it is, I think, like, the reason it's weird, and and kind of the reason, uh, I'm good, actually, I'm doing good. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, have another beer, yeah. Um, I do think that, like, uh, as weird as this movie is, it's like the thing that is weird about it, but also makes it great is that he, what are the words I'm looking for now? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Enjoy that. Oh, good. Uh, we're drinking some Neshaminy Creek. Uh, give a hot plug. Shout for that. out. Yeah. It's very tasty. Oh yeah. They're drinking the beer. Dank Hill, which is named after Hank Hill. Indeed. I, what have I been drinking? I've been drinking the little Hathaway. Ooh, little Hathaway. Um, it's oh it, it so you know this movie is weird and that's definitely what I like about it but I think part of the reason it's weird and so interesting is that he Frank really is it's one of those movies and it's it's, it's a storytelling technique that I like Frank is our protagonist mm. that does not mean Frank is the hero or is meant to be idolized in any way he's the hero of his own story yes and this movie opens up a window where we can abide by his story without necessarily endorsing his right. story yep 
Yeah, I that's love that. tough. That's yeah. very tough. And I think he walks that line like phenomenally in yeah. this movie. Oh yeah, yeah. I and you know it, and I think what speaks to it greatly, and I, I might just speak to just general knowledge of how scripts work. Sure. But um, when it reached the point where they successfully completed the heist and yeah. they're at the beach, yeah. And both of us were like, because I said to you, I was like, is this the? Are they going to roll credits? Which would have been satisfying. Yeah. That oh man, he got out. And I was like, yeah, definitely, because I was just like, yeah, this feels like the ending. Yeah, it, and it really does yeah. wrap up nicely there and all that. Um, leaves a couple like tasty ambiguities as yep. opposed, you know, in regards to his cohorts and the people that yeah. he worked under, which is a lot of fun. But I said, there's got to be something. Yeah, he's got to either get drawn back in by his own desire. Yep. It's kind of interesting that we chose these two options, and he found a line in the middle that right could mean both. Yep, uh, he's either drawn back in by his own desire or he is trapped. Yep, uh, we're like, there's got someone's got to pull the rug out. Yep. and you're like, ah, oh, it's been a, it's been a little bit. I actually don't remember. Yeah, and I think that speaks to exactly the line that this movie is walking. Yeah, is that even at that point, it was like, I'd be happy if it ended here. Yeah. But it doesn't quite feel right because he's still a real fucked up guy. Yes. That's like, tough. I don't I like I'm excited that this guy got what he wanted, but like also because I'm like watching this movie, but like also this guy doesn't deserve to get what he wants. No. So like what's happening? And he doesn't live in that world. Yeah, yeah. But what's cool is the movie could end there and it could be that beautiful ending where right. we go, "Oh, that's a happy ending." But we all know he's fucked, but that's right? That's fucked up. And yeah. I, and I think it would be pointing to that. Yeah, yeah. But this thankfully and I think correctly yes. does go to show yeah. that he is still fucked yeah. partially by his own design. And ends in a totally spectacular Michael Mann gunfight. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. Uh, we got to talk about Belouche. Yeah, we got to get the Belouche in here. One of his heist guys, yeah. uh, he's the guy that does, well, what would his function be? The, well, he's uh, kind oh. of the hacker. But yeah, he's the, he's like the um, uh, 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 security detail, I guess you would say. Like He's the yeah, guy yeah. that makes sure the cameras are down and, and the, yeah, the, yeah. the um, a, any sort of alarms are turned off. He's the guy that in any other heist movie besides this one will be like, we need an EMP for this. Yes. And yeah. they need to acquire an EMP. Yeah, yeah. No EMP in this movie, which is... Just I thank you. Yeah, yeah <laughs> thank yeah. you for that. Oh, that I mean, that is a thing I legitimately. It sounds uh, dumb, but it's a thing I legitimately love about this movie is just watching the process of them fucking like literally tear through metal to like yep. get the get the score. You know, I I just I like that to it's get the diamonds. Yeah, it's so <laughs> dirty and tactile. Oh yeah, and it's like, a sweaty ass movie. Yeah, and it's all process. I love process. Yeah. It's all you know, and that's true. The in. There's a procedural element yes. to this that is treated more like a, a stylistic flourish-filled montage in like the Oceans movies, for yeah, example. Yeah. As they're put, those movies actually play like extended montages. Totally. I think we covered that in our episode. Yeah, where it's just beep, but beep, but beep, but beep, 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 and we just watch them set up all these pieces and just gathering the gang, gathering the gang, setting. And then what is it? We got thirty minutes left. Knock the dominoes down. Knock them all down. And guess what? We're actually in this room. Oh, and so it has that. This has all of those pieces to it of getting the gang together, but yeah. instead of doing it like a montage, they do it like a po like a police procedural yes, where yes. it's just, all right, well, we gotta we gotta do the paperwork, yeah. and then they scroll away at the paper. No, there's no paperwork here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of them is when they're trying to isolate the alarm. Yes, uh, and fifth alarm, the fifth alarm. And we don't really know how they're doing it, but mm -hmm. there's this great visual device set up where we've got one guy scanning the wires on one end. Yeah. Uh, James Conn on the other end working the meters so that yep. they can identify which wire is the live wire and, yep. and you know, and route around that. It's I love I, I can't even explain it, but I get it because they showed it. Oh, and it's like the way they show it is so perfect. It's so simple and succinct and so like mm. movie movie, right? It's like they're yep. just showing us. It's he you see him like 
poke a wire with a little stick. Then you see James Conn pick up a meter. It bounces to 20, and he goes, 20, that's a phone line. Give me a different one. Yep. That's all we need to know. We just learned all it's of the done. pieces of what they're doing and how they're doing they it. They almost take that same format and dissolve it even further to make it simpler in Mission Impossible. When's the last time you watched the first Mission Impossible? Oh, God, it's been years. When they go into the computer room that he can't touch anything. Yes. They set up the rules by giving the montage as they do it. Yeah. But there's a couple devices that they have. My favorite one being they have a meter yep. that has little green bars that lead up to yellow bars that lead up to red bars. Yep. And when it gets all, and they test it by him saying into it, toast. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah. Toast. Yep. And then we get the visual of when it's red, they're toast. They're toast. <laughs> and yeah. this has the same exact kind of cinematic shorthand with less of a technological flourish. But yes. it's that same kind of thing where we didn't need to be explained. Like, this is a device that right. reads my voice. You right. know, this, it was just, we're doing yep. it and we learn by watching. Yeah. It has that procedural. I fucking element. love that stuff. That's why I love Zodiac so much. That oh, is yeah. A, that is just a boots on the pavement paperwork movie totally and it rules yep and That's, this is that but it's heisting uh, and it's real heisting with saws all the president's man is one of my favorite movies and it's the same thing it's, it's, it's about it, time i rewatched that yeah that movie it's rules. it's boots on the it's literally an action movie where all the action is typing on typewriters yep yep you know oh yeah, yeah. trade the 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 leather cat suit for a trench coat yeah that's it yep yeah, this is yeah. a this is a good ass movie. I fucking love this movie, man. Who I'm did glad the cinematography? Oh, I don't know actually. Here, I have it right here on my phone. So let me look. Because this has, uh, I mean, this looks like a Michael Mann movie. It looks like a Michael Mann movie, but you pointed out that there's a lot of bursts of orange in it. Yes, there are, and uh, there really are. It seems that everything is happening at either sunrise or sunset. Yep. Uh, we get that beautiful scene at sunrise where he gives the uh, Danish to the man fishing over the bridge. That's right. And they have that great moment as the sun comes up where the purple and blue gray hue that's smoggy gets this sudden punctuation of orange. Yeah. That's matched later during the heist with the sparks yep. on the welder. That is just visual. That is eye candy. Oh. The most, oh, it was so, so good. shots of the sparks coming through the safe door are like some it's of my insane. favorite things in the movie. It's And it's incredible. quite literally, uh, in Black Hat, Michael Mann tries to recreate a procedural element by doing a zip-zap through the inside of the computer. Of course. For the extended opening of the film. It doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing I remember He's an 80-year-old man that has heard about computers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Reroute the encrypt. Exactly what he avoided in this. He embraced that. Yeah. I do need to rewatch it because yeah. I... I, yeah. I I'm conflicted about what my feelings were about that movie. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's that same kind of thing, but just done with this beautiful, delicious, just syrupy goodness of I visuals. Know. Donald E. Thorin is, is there the anything that cinematographer. Mr. Thorin has uh, done. Let's find out. But also there's simple things. Uh, the way that his used car lot is framed, oh, and it has these string lights hanging over the cars. Oh, that's such a great And they're shot. just reflected in the roofs and windshields of all the cars, as well as his car driving. That's quite literally all it is. There's no filter or anything on no, it. Yeah. It is quite literally just a really creative idea, and it is borderline gaudy. Yeah, yeah. Because it is just a shot framing the same kind of uh, just tactile gaudiness that a used car lot would do to draw your attention it's chintzy and it's stupid but framed within the the motif of this movie it takes on this whole new life oh, this where there's texture and depth to it it's oh it's beautiful. this movie is beautiful okay so this was the first thing he ever shot and then no surprise because it's such a good looking movie he goes on to shoot an officer and a gentleman uh bad boys purple rain of uh, course he shot Purple yeah, Rain. It's yeah. the exact same color palette as Purple Rain, but dulled with gray. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, the Golden Child. Remember that classic Eddie Murphy movie? Yep. Midnight Run. Oh, you love that movie. Well, you liked that movie. It's I, good. I haven't seen it yet. It's good. Troop Beverly Hills. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 
Uh, Tango and Cash. One of the best movies ever. Uh-huh. Almost made it onto my list later because that's a double shot of Leatherface, <laughs> Leatherface Baby Boys. You bet. And, um, Scent of a Woman, Little Big Hoo-ah! League. Little, oh, big, little league, big League. That has one of my favorite quotable trailer jokes, which is, your, da- your grandfather bro- uh, left you the Minnesota Twins when he died? Mine just left me a sweater. <laughs> Kids love that shit. He shot Ace Ventura when nature calls. That's probably, that's a pretty good looking movie, yeah. if I remember correctly. He shot the first Wives Club. He shot uh, remember Nothing to Lose. Dude, Nothing to Lose. That's a Steve Odekirk movie. Uh-huh. Nothing to Lose is a very funny movie if it's not terribly good. It's this poor guy, funny. his late career is strange. Mickey Blue Eyes, Dudley Do Right. Remember the Dudley Do Right movie? Oh, they yeah, made? they tried to recreate the magic of George of the Jungle. Could not swing it. Uh, oh, George Pun. Last two movies he shot, Shaft and Head of the State. Shaft the the Michael Jackson uh, Samuel Jackson. The new Samuel Jackson one? Not the one that's coming out now. Okay, so the, the one, one that, that came out. out. Yeah, yeah. That was John Singleton, I think. That's cool. I think you're right, yeah. I remember liking that movie, and I I've remember that it. Christian Bale is the bad guy. Whoa, really? Yeah, he's like the shitty racist businessman who's like fucking with the hood. That sounds right. I remember that movie being real good, actually. Yeah. The new one looks kind of funny. I'll watch it. Yeah. I mean... Shaft, man. As far as a concept for another Shaft movie, I'm into that. I kind of want to see that new Superfly because I heard that Dude, was actually legit. I know. I'm kind of interested We watched in that. Superfly and it was like yeah. fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah. 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 Uh, I love Thief. I'm so glad you enjoyed this. So is this, this. guy Donald Thorin? Yeah, Thorin. Donald, Donald E. Thorin. Donald yeah. E. Thorin. Yeah. And this is the first thing he shot. And that's, nice. and it's, it is, whew, it is a good looking movie. So good looking. Um, one thing that I thought was interesting in this movie that I would like to rewatch a lot of Michael Mann and look out for was the way that focus was used. Yeah. And it became most notable in a really good scene when Frank gets picked up by the cops that he has scorned and they don't like him. Yeah. And this one cop does a one man good cop, bad cop. He's just like, Frank, you know, this. there's a lot of hard edges here and <laughs> you got to be an asshole and you could really just say a couple words and smooth these edges over. I like you. Yep. If we weren't in this, we'd probably go out. We'd, we'd uh, play pool together. You know, maybe have some drinks. We could get an apartment and pump out a couple babies, send them up. We retire. Have a good time. <laughs> We're in love. But, you know, as it is, you got to be an asshole. And, yep. Like he gives him this whole fucking speech about it and uh, it cuts to a two shot from the side and... I think they might have used forced perspective to make their sizes line up because mm-hmm. the way that it's focused, the cop almost looks like he's way behind. Uh, I'm gesturing with my hands like anyone can hear this. Yeah, yeah. It's a two-shot. Uh, Khan's on the left, looking right, and he's perfect focus. Yeah. The cop that is interrogating and berating him is on the right, completely out of focus as if he's further away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're talking to each other directly. I hope that explains it. But yeah, it it's does. this weird moment of focus, but it only sets in after they've beaten him to the point yeah. where he's not listening anymore. Right, right. Which ties into his exact survival message, yes. uh, method. Yes. Um, he's spitting acid in these guys' faces, and then after they beat him up a little bit, he just tunes out, yeah. and it's over. He's just, I'm not going to hear him, I'm not going to listen to him, beat me up. And, and even the guy says, like, you could take a cut. You could, yeah, you know, he yeah. says something to the effect of, like, you know, I liked you. You, you can you can take one on the chin, and it's no yeah, big deal. Yeah. Like, you're tough. Yeah. And it's kind of in that moment that that guy drops out of focus and we have Khan just like, I'm going to wait this out yep. and move on. Yep. You know? And it was just a really strong visual choice. That, that is interesting. Now that we've parsed apart his character and his ability to shut down emotionally does jive with that. That totally makes sense. Yeah. Cause I was thinking about that as movie was going on. I was like, there's an interesting amount of shots that almost look out of focus in this yeah. movie, but they're it's always never him though. It's it, always when yes. he's tuning out. It yep. seems. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always, it's never the shot itself being out of focus. It's the shot is, 
specifically focused on something, for instance, Frank, mm-hmm. and everything else is out of focus. There's that great shot with the focus where uh, when he goes into the house at the end, yeah. and he turns the corner, and it's just uh, straight into the camera. He's got the gun. barrel of the gun. So the barrel of the gun's in focus. He's out of focus. And then he just dips the gun down a little bit, and it brings his leathery fucking face into focus. Yep. Yeah. It's it's beautiful. Yeah. It's good it's so shit. so good. I, I I think we should probably wrap up Thief Conversation, but oh, yeah. I one thing I want to, like, definitely we can both put a button on some of this if we want. Got to talk about this Tangerine Dream score. It's so good. It's so good. It is the, the synthy 80s goodness that I love, but, like, so precisely Michael Mann. It has some shredding to yeah, it. Yeah, there's but some shredding to that's a Michael Mann thing. Yes. He likes undistorted guitar. Yeah. Uh, like noodling, yeah, yeah, yeah. just yeah, yep. and it's yeah, it, oh, it's so good. It's got like this like really sort of um, uh, it's Michael Mann's scores that I think Lethal Weapon was riffing on when it, it was trying to just uh, like productize it. One hundred percent. That that's definitely what it is because it's got it's got that weird. You literally think of beaches when you hear the music yeah, of this. Yeah. I think um, because it is just that like wailing guitar, but there's this sort of soft kind of like synth under it. And and the wailing guitar has all these like phaser effects on it and stuff that are like really crazy sounding. It's God, I love everything about it. It's so good. I, I would like to. I'm gonna give it a listen. Yeah. And I suspect it's gonna be one of those soundtracks because like it's not oppressive in the movie, no. but it's not just busy music. It no, no, really, no. really works and it melds naturally yep. with it. And so I have a feeling I'll have a similar uh, uh, feeling as I had with the Mandy soundtrack, the yeah. Johan Johansson, where it's like. Nothing really rises above while you're watching it, and then you're listening to it, and you're going, "Man, I'm feeling the same emotions that I felt watching oh, yeah. the movie." I suspect that that is something that will happen you with will. with Thief. Yeah. That's very cool. It's I can't so wait good. to listen to it. Yeah, it's great. I, I we we I pulled us off of it. Yeah. We, I want to mention that first Belushi's great in it. Oh yes, and yes, when he yes. gets blown away, it Holy is like shit. real gnarly. Yeah, really, really gnarly. There's literally... you said, "Oh man, the blood's so chunky." Yeah, <laughs> it's so chunky. It's chunky, and he fucking explodes. Oh, it's crazy. Well, and they do the same thing with. Um, I'm gonna look up the actor's name. They look g- up his name because this guy he always plays a lovable scamp. Yep. Um, he was the grandpa monster character that cooks the vegetable ali- a vegetable gremlin in the pasta bowl. Oh, no, the, <laughs> the googly ad one that's like in the pasta bowl He's on the uh, cooking show in Gremlins 2. Yes, previous from the show and yeah. previous from the show as well. Last action hero. Yes. He's the ticket taker. He's the ticket guy. It's uh, uh, Robert Prosky is his if name. If I were you, I'd be looking for the other half of that ticket. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, no, sorry. Death says that. Never mind. I was wrong. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, Death says that. Too. Oh, he's Surrey in Mrs. McGon. Doubtfire. He's in Christine. Oh fuck! He's the 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 mechanic thing, right? I think so. I th- I think that's who he is in Christine. He's just like he's in everything. Man, this he's in everything. Wow. Yeah. Oh, right on. Yeah. Is he in Hook? He's is probably. He, is in he the Hook? lost my marbles guy in Hook? He's probably in Hook. Let's find out. Robert. What did I say his last Prosky. name was? Prosky. Robert Prosky. Let's go to all filmography. Bill Prosky. <laughs> he was in a movie as recently as two thousand nine. Is he deceased? Uh, I can look at that. Oh, he's in Death to Smoochie. Uh, he was in Touched by an Angel. He's in Dudley Do Right. He continued to work with the cinematographer, nice, of course. Nice. I, he I was like, you know who there. looks good on my camera? Yeah. Prosky. Yeah. Gotta get Prosky. <laughs> what if it turns out they were like a package deal throughout yeah, the yeah. 90s? It was like, nope, you don't get Prosky without Thorne. You don't get Thorne without Prosky. Mrs. Doubtfire he's in, which is another uh, 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 Robin Williams movie. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, I don't think he's Not in Hook. Hook. Yeah, I think Hook is like 90, 92. Yeah, I think I, I would have seen it by now if he was in Hook. 
Don't well, believe he's in hell. Either way, he's a guy that you recognize, and it's very weird because he always plays these lovable, uh, schlubby, kind of uh, affable old man characters. Yeah. And in this, he does get to do that. When things are going yes. his way and the plan is going in his favor, he is very much that guy. He wears a yellow... Uh, polo shirt with the gator on the collar yep. tucked into his ca- his khakis that are all the way up to his fat old nips <laughs> um, then when he's scary he's absolutely villainous yes and horrifying and in in a movie like this you really have to rise up to be villainous um, because you're surrounded by Agreed, motherfuckers yeah. Yeah. on all you know on all yeah. corners so this guy you know, he has to be real slimy and yep. uh but and and in a way, he mirrors. He's almost what Khan could become because totally. he loses his cool when the plan, as he understands it, yeah, is not even going. if he's you know lying to you, the yeah. the lie. If you're not going to go with it, well, then you got to go. You know, yeah, yeah. and um, yeah. But he gets a, it, and so it's just a very cool transformation to see this recognizable face do something completely different, totally, and do yeah, it very yeah. well. Yeah, he gets a great death, and it's he does. I think the one time in the movie that a like five or six frame freeze frame happens yes, or yes. you know the time of a five yeah. or six frame they blow his head off but right when it explodes we get a great freeze frame of all the blood spraying out of his head and splattering mm-hmm. on the wall and then he falls over yeah and it's just a snap you know yeah. hyper stylish freeze frame ripped straight from an aha video of the 80s it's <laughs> like boom but it, it just it's weird when a director announces themselves yeah and we always talk about how like you know, Fincher maintained his style, but like uh, improved so much that he doesn't announce himself as much. Yes. Uh, Aronofsky. Yeah. Uh, Danny Boyle. He still announces himself, but has streamlined the way he does it. Yeah. Um, that's the one moment where man announces himself and it's not gaudy. It's yeah. not too much. It really works. It's it's yeah. so earned. And, and it's just a weird moment of gratuitousness at the end of this movie that only dips into gratuitousness intermittently. Yeah. And it's real gratuitous. Yeah. Uh, that's wild that they got there. I know. I love it. Uh, just one thing real quick, since we're talking about Prosky and Fincher. Uh, one of the great shots in this movie is Prosky standing over top of oh, Frank yeah. and sort of like giving him a speech about like what you're going to do for me now. You're going to work mm. for me. You're in my, like you're under my thumb, you know? And it's the way the shot is. It's like Frank is on the ground. He's been beat up, and so he yeah, can't yeah, get yeah. up. He's on the ground, and oh, so and the camera moves too. As we're if seeing it's like a from his gaze. perspective yeah. as Prosky looks down on him, and that's the exact shot Fincher uses when the protagonist, which who has no name, you know, Jack, the protagonist, oh, is yeah, on yeah. the ground in the bathroom. At, or it's not even him, is it? It's it's like some guy they're attacking or something. Yeah, but I, in I a can bathroom. picture Brad Pitt looking Brad down Pitt on him, looking yeah. down on the camera the same I way. I think it was the waiter. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure. I should rewatch that movie. Me too. I haven't seen that in a long I time. I feel like but I that's definitely seen Fight Fincher Club, yeah. lifting right out of. Oh, uh, without a doubt, of Michael Mann. For oh, there's, sure. there is absolutely no way you can tell me that Fincher oh, made either Gone Girl or uh, Zodiac without very heavily, very heavily uh, influenced uh, by man, influenced I think. by man's yeah. playbook. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of people that that you could probably pull out of there. Oh, for sure. I, I think that uh, if you kind of remove any and all post-production style off of man you get christopher nolan right yes i agree um, you know it's that kind of thing yep. where it's it's very workmanlike it's very competent dark knight has always reminded me of michael man oh movie. people compared dark knight to, to heat, heat all, all the time, time. Yep. and and it's totally valid yeah um it has a more digital crispness to it yep. but um ryan said it best when i was talking to dunkirk about him where he said nolan's style is no style yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and yep. he really has embraced that where you know, it, it is all about craft, yeah. and he has still managed to create some some beautiful cinema out yes. of it. Yeah. Um, 
but I think man is more interested in in having a little I don't want to say trickery but but uh, massaging the the style of things like I'm going to put a hazer. He's it. got a personality use and a, freeze a voice. Frame. You yeah, know? Nolan will never use a freeze frame yeah. for his entire career. It's yeah. never going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Least of all when someone's head explodes, right. which he's not going to show. Yeah, yeah. And so like it's yeah, but it is that same workman like like yeah. you built a movie. Yeah, you fucking built a yep. movie. Yeah. You know? which is what Thief is about. I mean, it's about workman uh, yeah. behavior. You know, that's true. Uh, which is very interesting. Oh, that moment where he's looking back as they take all the diamonds. Yep. That's that's man in the screening room. So being good. Like, yes, exactly. I think I've found final cut, gentlemen. Yeah. Look what I've done. Oh, hang on, my dick fell out. Yeah, yeah. I think I found final yeah. cut. Look what I've done. Yeah, yeah. It's. I love this movie. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. It's perfect. Yeah, it, it's it really, really perfect. Yeah, and it is a movie movie because. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I, I was thinking about this too. We were talking about uh, Captain Marvel, and I'm yes. not going to get into th- that movie too much, but just yeah. about the idea of the MCU has a house style. Yep. But also, I, th- I think that there is. Uh, I'm never the guy to be like the theatrical experience is dead. No, there's more movies than ever, and Agreed. there's yeah. there's just there are so many people working at high levels of craft with very very minimal uh, uh, resources. Sure, it's awesome. It's the best time to be a filmmaker. It is infinitely the best time and always getting better time to be a, 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 a cinephile yeah but one of the things about the big product movies mm-hmm. is that they look sharp yeah, they look yeah. real sharp yeah. they look so sharp and they look like nothing yep and so then you see something like this and you go it's not sharp it's it's gloomy it's weird but like they're painting pictures yeah. with everything yeah. yeah they're using the visual aspect of movies and in that sense like it is such a movie movie oh, yeah. in a way that in the more prepackaged stuff that, that we see in the multiplex, I love those movies. Don't get me wrong. I, mm. I love them, and, and it's so much fun, but I don't love them because of the craft. No, yeah, And yeah, because yeah. that's not there, they're not movie movies. Yeah. They're just awesome movies that are about things that I enjoy. Yes. But, like... You know this, I agree with that. This is a movie movie. Totally, yeah. And... It, and not because it's doing Edgar Wright Flash, nope. who also makes Love it. movie yep. movies yep. in the right. in the modern speed. Yeah, um, you know his he makes it for the modern yes. aperture. You know, but uh, it is a movie movie because they're saying we have this visual palette. Let's paint, put up the string lights over the cars so that yeah. they reflect. Why? Because it's more beautiful information on the screen. Yes, and you, you don't often see that. Not you, not you don't often see it, but like. It's very easy to find movies that don't have that. Yeah. And so in that sense, this is very, very much a movie movie, even if it doesn't have uh, audacious bells and whistles on it. Yeah. I mean, it's just fucking rules. This movie is all lights and sounds and mm. strong performances. You and know what I mean? And it's hard to light leather. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's yes, hard it to light leather. Oh, I love this. This is a great transition <laughs> to start talking about actors that look like leather. Yeah. That look like they're made of leather. That's probably the, the polite way to say it. In. I believe the 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 list as you pos- as you pitched it was uh-huh. actors made of old shoe leather. Yes, that's exactly um, what I said. Yes, I sort of I abandoned shoes, but uh, I, for some reason you'll I kept see what I mean. I kept shoe leather in my head, and here's what I tried to follow as a sort of guiding principle. Uh, and I'll give you a couple examples of people that fall outside of my guiding principle. Oh, good call. Here's why, okay. right? Okay, so my guiding principle is kind of I want people like James Caan, that have always looked like an old leather shoe. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. people that have grown in... Not people like Robert Redford, 
who yeah, have yeah. grown into an old leather yeah, shoe. He's just been alive a long time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He used to look like Brad Pitt. Now he looks like a shoe. Yeah, yeah. James Conn has always I apologize, been Robert, a discarded wallet. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, to me, Clint Eastwood is another guy that, like, has yeah. become a dry piece of leather. I don't think of him as leather. I think of him as, like... He's like a steak that you dropped in the sand and then never dusted the sand off of. I, I, not only do I understand exactly what you're saying, I understand the difference between that and leather. I mean, I discarded Kurt Russell because he's denim. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. And he has admitted that yes. in celebrities read mean tweets. So, yes, you know. yes. So I, I Which tried. is why Tango and Cash didn't make it, because the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, actually, uh, Stallone can't be leather because he's more of a pork product. Uh, dude, I, I, <laughs> so I went I to consider Stallone, Stallone and in my estimation, Stallone was slightly more of a melted candle than he was <laughs> a leather shoe. Fair enough. Oh, that's very funny. Uh, so... Okay, so let's do it. Let's do our actors. That, okay, I'm just going to... I'll give you my first one. This was the guy that immediately came... This was the only one that immediately jumped to my mind. Yeah. Edward James Olmos is oh, made dude. of shoe leather. I, I actually left Edward James Olmos off just because I actually don't rightly know a lot about him. Okay, But sure. he was quite literally my first choice. First thing that I thought of. First thing that I thought of was dude, Edward James up. Olmos. Yep. He was... a. Uh, uh, there was a one of the very earliest jokes on South Park back in the day. Yeah, um, it was the it was like their first Halloween episode. And they had the Halloween costume contest, mm-hmm. and everyone showed up as Chewbacca. <laughs> and Kyle was mad because he showed up as Raggedy Andy. I know Stan was Raggedy Andy, and Wendy didn't show up as Raggedy Andy's promise. She showed up as Chewbacca, <laughs> but Kenny was just dead, and they just thought he had an Edward James Almost costume <laughs> the entire time. Like, and Kenny wins third prize for his Edward James Almost costume. I like that a lot. I, I wrote a oh, Do you have anything else you want to say about him? I'm sorry. I do not. No. Okay. So my first entry is uh, Mickey Rourke looks like a leather oh, sofa how? in a 1978 cocaine den. <laughs> I get the sense that if there isn't a mirror above it, he doesn't sleep in it. <laughs> I, I like up. that you wrote entire, like you wrote like a I set did, of comedy a, about leather bit shoes. for each one. Yeah. yeah. That's so good. I, I was very, I drank a lot of caffeine today at work because I was very it. tired. So I was like jacked up oh, and getting work done. Also, but another just like, yeah, how did I not think of that? Like oh, that, well, immediately. He was a mad because. Because I saw a picture of him the other day, and like he got a lot of work done. Yeah, yeah. And it's not often that that plastic surgery, you know, plastic surgery can be good and bad. But yeah. there's not a lot of times where, where it's, uh, oh man, where it's outright regressive. <laughs> like, uh-huh. and it was just a picture of him walking down the street with his fucking poodle and arm uh-huh. and his new face. And if you thought Mickey Rourke looked crazy before, man. Like he couldn't even do the wrestler too, yeah. Because like the wrestler, he could do that because with all the work he had done, he just looked beat up. He, yeah, he, and he was great in that movie. Yeah, he is. Um, and he was great in Iron Man too. Yeah. Everything he was, yeah. you know, he was having yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, he couldn't do the wrestler too because he doesn't look like a wrestler wow. anymore. He looks like. He looks like I don't know, like like an imaginary friend that you need to get rid of. Oh, <laughs> he's like that real poor weird guy. That <sighs> he's so talented. Yeah. I like him. He seems cool. I know. But uh, and I think he had like fur boots on. Like he was real <laughs> out there. Like, he was making work in it. It's weird. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. So th- this is this is one that uh, there are a couple on my list where I'm like, I wonder, I wonder if anybody would give me an argument about this one. But I decided I needed to have some fine Italian leather shoes on my list as well. You got it. So I put Levon Cleef on my list. Oh, he's he's shoey. made of leather, right? He's, he's made of leather. Yeah, some oh fine Italian God. shoe leather. He's like good leather too, right? Yeah. He is. Yeah, that's he the thing. He is fine Italian yeah, shoe he's leather. Fine he's, Italian he's, leather. It's like smooth. It's like, but it is leather. He's that kind of leather that. He he was taken so well care of before anyone put some damage into it yes. that he recovers from the damage. Yeah. And instead of being damaged leather, it's just like it's it's still pristine, but it's aged. Yeah. Mm. 
It's mm. I mean this whole bit is is in danger of being like very offensive to these people some but I'm fine with but it. He's dead. I, no, yeah. <laughs> but I I do think all of this is funny and I'm just going to double write down on that. It's like I literally picture in my head you know how like uh uh when people like keep a good pair of leather shoes yeah, yeah, yeah. you see them like brushing it with yeah. like a brush it's I literally so imagine satisfying. him doing that to his entire face like oh, on a he daily lays basis down in yeah. front of a shoe shine guy and he starts popping the rag <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Chicka, little shoe shine boy never gets old yeah, yeah. sorry a little Johnny Cash <laughs> um, yeah I guess this does sort of uh, fall on the line of body shaming and things like I that know. but I, yeah. I I assure you that we just are being goofy it's just fun and these entries uh, if you could take them as a roast because every yeah. person on my list I, I do oh, love I genuinely adore these people yeah, yeah. Willem Dafoe is a billfold. Oh, my God. With every passing year, more and more well-earned creases appear in his exterior. He quite obviously has an intoxicating musk, like that of a first edition copy of the Cimmerillion. <laughs> Fun fact, if you count the folds on the back of his neck, you can determine his IQ, which is always <laughs> increasing as he gains wisdom. Wait, you keep coming up with people where I'm like, how did I not think of these people? Willem Dafoe is only leather. His That's, organs are leather. Yeah. He's the oh man, he's the best. Oh, I love I'm him. thinking of that one shot yep. where the Triforce from Zelda uh -huh. appears on his neck when he looks up in the Florida project because <laughs> yeah, it's exactly a perfect crease. Yeah. Oh, he's so good in that movie. Uh okay, so I gotta give credit to Tori for this one because I probably wouldn't have thought of this one on my own. But this is like I mean, this should probably be the top of my list. Michael Keaton oh, is uh, and has always been yeah. an old leather shoe. And you know what? He actually wasn't particularly well taking care of leather shoes. Yeah. But they're like, they're the kind of shoes that are like, they're like kind of goofy. Like they're stylish, but they're meant to be a little bit, uh, just a little bit fun. And yeah. Yeah. He's but like they're that. also like good shoes. Yeah. And they're, well, they hold had them up. forever. Yeah. 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 You've had them forever. Yeah. There was a period where you were like, I don't really want to wear these yes. anymore. Yeah, yeah. And then you realize, like, no, they're fucking good shoes. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and they're not just good for, for, you know, going on a hike. You can wear them to a wedding. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> that is Michael Keaton. And I've got seven pairs of them, but each one is slightly dumber. <laughs> Yo, multiplicity <laughs> underrated comedy uh -huh. movie. That movie's Harold very Ramis, funny. Yeah, Harold Ramis, yeah. very funny movie. Yeah. Andy McDowell, who you never see anymore. She's wonderful. Uh-huh. Agreed. Am I up? You're up. A lot of people treat their leather to keep it shiny, smooth, and tactile. <laughs> However, some folks aren't just happy to let treatments lapse, but are in fact purposefully avoiding it in the hopes of turning their leather into what feels like a much softer, pliable fabric, but one that still has an air of sleekness, like Kathleen Turner. Oh my god. Yeah. It was like so curious where I was gonna go. <laughs> oh yeah. That totally makes sense. I Kathleen Turner uh she just, I mean, like she's always she just looks very different now yes. than she looked when she was younger, which is, you know. That's what age happens age. to everybody. Yep. But uh, she's just, uh, and I love her, but she's leather. She's yeah. a little bit leather. But you also, you put a nice sort of, there was a nice like kind of sauce on that too. Where oh, it was yeah. like, this is like a kind way to imply that she is a, a shoe leather. She's cereal mom. Yeah. And oh, that is all rocks. I need. I love her. If you've worked with, with John Waters, you get a forever pass in yep. my book. I wonder man, if that oh, was man. my first John Waters. I've seen cereal mom. Mean, that's a great movie. That's yeah. a great early Matthew Lillard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh... I'm going to hit you with a Gene Hackman, my man, because of course Gene Hackman. Almost made my list, then I thought, he's going to be on your list. You yeah. to invoke the conversation whenever you can, because that's the correct thing to do. But, uh, yes, of course. I Gene Hackman, and that's the thing, Like the conversation is where we can prove my theory of like these people had to always look like leather. 
that is an uh, that is an early Gene Hackman movie, and he is made of leather. Oh, in he's that made movie. of leather. Oh, know? yeah, like that's leather armor. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, and, and like he's the kind of leather that like um, you know, he yellowed with all the cigarettes that were smoked around him. You know, but they made the leather smell better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. That's how it's done. Yeah. My up. Yeah, go for it. Harvey Keitel used to be a full <laughs> leather cape. But due to unfortunate circumstances involving a scorned ex, a vicious exchange of insults, and a locksmith, he's been out in the rain for months uh-huh. and has thus shriveled to a much smaller, uglier package. <laughs> Nonetheless, when it comes to function and when it comes to durability, the cape still fares better than most. <laughs> that is very good. <laughs> That's, uh... I, I was really ahead at work today. It was great. <laughs> Yours are like such perfect bits that I don't even have any follow-up. I mean, the thing about Harvey Keitel is he's uh, if you see what he looks like in Taxi Driver, yeah. and then you see what he looks like in Bad Lieutenant, yeah. uh, they're not that far apart. He's yeah. a very different man. And then you see what he looks like in From Dust Till Dawn when he's got a couple couple of years yeah. on him. Um, and No Love Lost. Harvey Keitel is like, he's one of those like legit madmen who just, uh, man, he, he wormed his way into my heart big. Well, all you have to do him. is listen to him, and you know that his vocal cords have been out in the sun for like oh, yeah. 13 centuries. Oh, yeah. With that, yeah. you know? <laughs> he was bit by a, a wear, a wear Kaitel. Yeah. Uh, so I guess this will be my final one, but I, I have some honorable mentions I can throw up. I And this is just definitely the funniest one I wrote. Any actor with the last name Carradine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The whole Carradine clan. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Keith David. Not Keith David. John? John Carradine. Right. And then I think there's a sister. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whose name I can't remember. Yeah, because she, cause she got married, and I think she go, but she's a Carradine. I can't remember. I can't remember. There's a machine for this. Yeah. Were you there at the Exhumed that had the best of sex and violence? I don't think so. There was a, a it was a movie called The Best of Sex and Violence. Okay. And it was just basically like a sizzle reel of a whole bunch of stuff. Sure. Hosted by John David and Keith. No Carradine. way. Yep. That's and awesome. It, and like John Carradine's old as fucking uh-huh. hell. And they're doing just like kitschy, you know, boys club style stuff in yeah. regards to titties and violence. It is so weird and it's so funny. And it was one of the strangest things. I think oh. it was at an X Fest a few years yeah. back. And oh, uh, I would love to see that. Oh, it was awesome. And yeah. like the clips were great. And then it cuts to them and they're doing just like this tasteless dated shit. Yeah. Yeah. But it, and, but trying to sell the fact, like, well, the Carradine boys, don't you love us? And it's like, I, I guess maybe people felt like that then. I don't have, yeah, a grasp I have no of idea. That. Yeah. But like in hindsight, it's it's wild. Yeah. yeah, you're correct. The Carradines are leather people. Anyone named Carradine. Wait, I'm just searching the word Carradine. Yeah. Is it ever Carradine? Uh, maybe that's not the name I was thinking of, but I, but I could be yeah, wrong. It's not in her bio, but she's in Jane Son of Bob Strike Back. Sorrel Carradine. No, I. I was looking at this earlier. Why am I at IMDb when Wikipedia will have this answer? I was going to say, yeah, I, I know I was looking at this earlier, but I, I can't remember. Oh, man, it's so crazy, too, that is it John? I think it's John Carradine is the... He's uh, the... Yeah, John Carradine, Carradine, right? In yeah. that Best of Sex and Violence, he's like, he's just a fossil. And so he's just like not has it doesn't have any clue what's going on. Yeah. But they're all just like, well, we got to pay his hospital bills. Let's do this movie. It's <laughs> oh, so no. Crazy. They don't say that, but it is. Yeah. Um, all right. Oh, am I up? Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> Weathered 
is the term used to describe leather that has been through a lot, thus giving it a distinctive character. Uh-huh. It's also used to describe Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, yeah. A man who could, lead, who could read an instruction manual and still sound wistfully perturbed. <laughs> this is a man who has likely eaten a horse and who has <laughs> definitely gotten into a yelling match with a gravel pit. I am positive that he has been branded by a farmer. <laughs> Tommy I'm Lee Jones so is made mad of at you that I didn't think of Tommy Lee Jones. That's insane. He's so leathery. He's the most leathery. You know how I got to him, though? I immediately thought of Josh Brolin. Oh, yeah. And then I thought, for some reason, I was like, man, Josh Brolin did a really good Tommy Lee Jones impression in Men in Black 3, uh-huh. uh, whatever uh-huh. movie. Uh-huh. And I was like, wait a uh-huh. He's the leather king. Of course. Uh, here, you want to hear some of my... I, I have just a couple honorable mentions. And also, at the same time, it occurred to me that Tommy Lee Jones has the same initials as The Last Jedi. <laughs> uh, Danny Trejo, I think, is a man made of leather. Oh, that yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Uh, He's like, a leathery man. Yeah. Uh, so, I feel like Kevin Bacon maybe falls onto the side of my, like... <laughs> He's made of bacon. <laughs> That's true. You're right. Never mind. Throw it out. Throw no, it out. No, 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 no. I want to hear your No, no, no. I recuse this entry. <laughs> No, wait, I've got to hear what your justification is. Well, no, that I just like he, he was going somewhere. Well, because he just, I think he's more <laughs> of a Redford or an Eastwood type, where like he was not always leathery yeah. necessarily, but he's become a nice piece of leather. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Uh, yeah. But I recuse him. He's made of bacon. You're yeah. right. <laughs> he's bacon. Uh, Frank Grillo, I think, is maybe oh, like, yeah. he's like our new, you know, he's uh, piece of leather. You know? I feel like someone spilled motor oil on that yeah, leather, you're though. Right. Because he looks like if. I feel like if he's you, got grease stains on his leather. If you poured olive oil or or, or WD forty on um, John Bernthal and then yeah, microwaved yeah. him for like two and a half minutes, uh-huh. you'd get Frank Grillo. Yeah, yeah. That's that's how I see, that's how I that's see that. So good. For some reason, I get Grillo and uh, Shea Wiggum confused all the time, and I I can't <laughs> figure out why because they don't actually look that much like each other. But I think I I see it. There's something about yeah. it. I think and, and then Shane Wiggum showed up in the back seat of Frank Grillo's car <laughs> in that, yeah. uh, what was that movie called? And they just sat there, uh, Wheelman. Wheel and Man, they just yeah. sat there and spit ashes uh, in each other's face. Yes, yeah. 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 They just smoldered until the car exploded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're le- leather boys. Yeah. <laughs> they're some leathery yeah. boys. They're leather yeah. boys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this was a joy. This was a joy. What a fun, uh, reductive list. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so beautiful. Yeah, I'm glad we got to make Trying fun to of these famous. There's anybody else that popped through my head. That was pretty much the whole leathery. list for me. I, I literally spent like all day trying to like think of. I think uh, what's his name, uh, Sam Elliott, is pretty oh, leathery. Yeah, but I also don't think of him as leathery so much as I think of him as like an oak tree that's been sitting in yeah. in a in like a, a whiskey barrel no, I buy for that. a very I mean, long time. I, I oh, he's made out of a barrel that was a whiskey barrel. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what it is. Totally yeah, it. but uh, no, I ruled out people with like- barbecue sauce on it. Yeah, I ruled out people like Jeff Bridges and, oh, yeah. and um, uh, uh, Kurt Russell, and and, yeah. and kind of on a basis of like, not leather, yeah, like something yeah. else, like not well, leather. I don't even know what Jeff Bridges is made out of, yeah. but substance wise, the only thing that I know for sure is that he keeps a dip packed in his lip yes. of chipotle mayo. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. it's always chipotle yeah. mayo that he keeps in the lip, so he can just always talk <laughs> like he's Jeff Bridges doing his, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was in Crazy Heart, and this is the <laughs> spiciest Chipotle mayo I have ever packed a lip with. That's a, that is not bad. Yeah? yeah? I almost fell into Judd Crandall at the end there. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes Dan is bitter. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's wrap it up. Here's the, the trick, though, to Please? doing a Jeff Bridges impression. Yeah. Is just, it's literally just pretend you have Chipotle mayo packed in your I, lip like you have dip. I, I got this Chipotle mayo down here in my 
in my lip. Flynn's Arcade. Yeah. See, <laughs> you're better day, than I am. I got in. You, you got yeah. that. You got that. Oh, that wait, what's a little a, bit of the growl going I on? I think we could I probably both do a uh, con. Because James Conn in this movie is just a oh. fucking New Yorker guy. He's just, yeah, he's just the New York guy. Actually, you know what I was having fun doing, though, was... um. Oh, who was the other character? Oh, I was having fun doing the um the the dude from from Last Action Hero. It was uh because he's 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 got a little bit of just just oh, a yeah. a little bit of that lisp in there when he's talking. And to he's you. like a little magical about yeah, it. Yeah, he's yeah. just he's listen. I I can give you what you want. You just you got to listen to me and do what I want. Listen, old you. man. I'm not talking about giving me what I yeah, want. You just, I did the job. And now you got to pay me for the fucking job. Yeah, but I, I got you invested in a in in a nice little. Uh, if I want to invest in something, I will call my fucking bookie. All right. How about I invest in breaking your fucking spine, or you pay me? Okay, that's <laughs> a fair point. But I could invest in a child for you. Huh? You talking about giving me a fucking child? I could get you a black child, a white child, a yellow child. Nah, I don't, I don't want those spooks. <laughs> it's, I hate that we had to say all that, but that's literally the that's stuff that they say in the movie. Dude, they really negotiated. They really, I remember when you saw this movie and were blown away by it. That was one thing you mentioned. I, and I, I like chuckled. I was like, that's really funny. And I never and I forgot about it. And as it was happening, I'm like, oh my God. I, I thought it was like maybe there was a scene where they're adjacent to that, but he's not explicitly negotiating he the sale of a child. Literally buys he really a does. baby. The dude, uh, the dude undercuts his doubt and anger about his ability to get the cops off his tail by offering the sale of a baby. Oh, and I forgot. That's the line I wanted to mention. Oh, go. Because James Caan, almost as a matter of course, not as a matter of care, offers a slight amount of resistance, just saying, like, you know, these kids don't have paperwork. What's the deal? And yeah. the guy says, it's not my fault that their mothers are assholes. Yeah. <laughs> Holy yep. shit. And then, and then follows and it up by of- saying, uh, and you're not buying the mother. Yeah, yeah, and you're not by the way. And what's funny is the what we learned about the the control this guy has over the town. Yeah, I think it's reasonable to suggest He's that he is at least partially assholes. at fault as for why they're assholes. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, he's probably the dad of a few of these babies. Uh-huh. It's not my fault the mother's assholes, but you ain't buying the mother. It's a little bit your fault. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you bought the mother. So, uh-huh. 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 God. That movie fucking rolled. Thief thank rocks you. Thank so you, hard. Thank you, thank yeah, you. I'm glad you enjoyed it as yeah. much as I do. I'm, and you know what? It's a movie that, like, when I, I just, uh, you know, it's not on any streaming services. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I don't have it. I don't have a DVD player at this yeah. juncture in my life. I just picked up the Criterion um, collection of yeah, it. Yeah, and it looks great. We oh. got to watch that commentary. Dude, yeah. But yeah. Uh, that's a movie that I, I've always wanted to see. It's like that other one, Vanishing Point, that I have yeah. not seen oh, yet. Oh, dude. And I love Ryan do O'Neill. It. love uh, Paper Moon, all that shit. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, it, it there was hurdles. It just wasn't going to happen. If yeah. ever there is a a uh, uh, a reason, uh, you know, a poster child for physical media being an important thing, yeah, uh, it is this. Yeah. I I couldn't get Thief, yeah, and so uh, without you getting Thief, I wasn't going to see it for a long time. So thank you because it's like one of the best movies I've ever seen That's, in my life. I'm 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 buying physical media again for the first time in a while, specifically because like now I feel like I have a good reason to, which is just like I'm really falling in love with a lot of. I don't know, oddball cinema. And it's the kind of stuff that is not easy to find on streaming services. And I don't expect will ever be easy to find. Oh yeah. And the, a lot of them have like, they were printed once. Yep. And that's it. Yep. 
And you so know. it's like I'm looking out for that stuff, and I'm trying to yeah. get my hands on it and make sure I own it. Uh, like I, I, I literally am buying a, uh, a region-free Blu-ray player. Oh, right on. Just so that I can get Where did the, you find that? So there, uh, I'll send you a website. Okay, because I'm in the market for a Blu-ray player because I don't have a physical media player this yeah. time. And so like, yeah, I, I did subscribe to the new Criterion service. Yes. But I don't know what that's going to have. Yep. You know, it's like The region-free ones are like a little pricey because that technology, I guess, is still like difficult or whatever. That's fine, but I'm going to keep it forever. Yes, you know, it's that's be a my thing. idea too. And now I can get like the driver was only ever released on like oh, yeah, uh, yeah. on a region B Blu-ray or something. I want to get this is going to sound so ridiculous. Maybe it was Ryan that brought it up. If I get one, I just I want to get a 4K of the Matrix trilogy. Oh yeah, I really do. Yeah, I think it's time to rewatch those movies. I would love to, and I and I really want to like see how pretty they look because I even bet. you know when even though they're dated now, the yeah. the Mister uh, Mister Smith fight, Mister Smith fight yeah. is like kind of goofy, like. Yeah. That is still some remarkable oh, stuff. It's crazy. That highway scene in part two oh, is a high watermark for all of action. It's so cinema. good. I, it's I, so like I remember really I mean, liking part two when I saw it on the big screen. Same. Oh yeah. yeah. I honestly I've always liked all three of them, yeah. even if it didn't quite land, just because like maybe it just didn't land in the way I expected it to. Yes. I have to revisit it. Yeah. Maybe I, we'll do a series at some point. I, I would love to do some Wachowski that. movies just just because like they always the Wachowskis end up. Wachowskis have a crazy career, yep. but you can never ever accuse either of them for not sticking true to their vision. Yeah, and, and their move- vision is always something that, even if it's not necessarily the most palatable thing, it is worth thinking about. It's interesting. And their movie is always just like five, ten years later. I'm like, oh god, this makes sense now. This is amazing. Oh, yeah, you know, you really should. And this is a lot to ask, but Cloud Atlas is probably in the top five books I've ever read in my life. Yeah. I have. You can borrow it. Yeah. The way that the structure of that book is is unadaptable yeah and the movie does not capture it but like that's a really cool companion piece movie that doesn't work alone but in conjunction with the book is it's a really great pairing yeah and that and that book's just like it's not like like to read it it's impossible to describe yeah it's cool Ah, wachowski's yeah wachowski's rule and speed racer wachowski's is just like i don't want to comment too deep on it but the connection of their career path to their individual life paths yeah to even just like what they represent path in in the language of cinema yeah is so deeply enmeshed with one another yeah yeah that it's really a unique fascinating story that i i, I would i agree I, you know honestly i think if there was any filmmaker that i would love to interview but probably wouldn't have any questions for <laughs> besides can you just tell me everything it would be the wachowskis <laughs> yeah it's totally like, there's just something there it's real cool yeah fascinating uh like they are they're they're fascinating people i think mm. um let's wrap it up yeah this was fun i'm glad we got to do this thief rules michael man rocks thief rules james Conn is made of shoe leather oh yeah those are those are our uh uh yeah. insummation those are our edicts to the world great movie yeah he's made of leather yeah tangerine dream <laughs> who also did the soundtrack for what's gonna be our next episode yes, yes. let's do sorcerer next uh, we're gonna do william friedkin's uh update of the wages of fear sorcerer next one You've of my all-time it. favorite movies my first watch oh baby i can't wait you are in for a treat can't it wait. is a muddy good time can't? and no, um wait yeah so uh check out sorcerer and uh yeah. then check out us in a couple weeks we're back weeks. on an every other week yeah, schedule we'll be back to thanks for being with us and stay tuned yeah. for uh we'll drop the live episode yeah, that should come up soon. Blast it out on the on yeah. the social. 
you can find me on Twitter at Philadelphia. That's with an F. I'm on Letterboxd.com slash Philadelphia. I'm still reviewing everything I watch. I'm up to like 800 reviews now. Oh, hells yeah. Yeah, dude. Been uh, writing a lot. I'm on Cinema76.com uh, and Farsightablog.com. I think I'm actually going to do a couple more Splatter Matters coming up. Oh, hell yeah. I got some more of those. I love I that column. Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and it's funny, too, reading that column. Uh, now that you've just like gone full blown horror junkie, which is the most beautiful transformation, yes. and it's like, it's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's and, and awesome. I mean that that that's... watching these like kind of shitty movies just beat the wall down. It is interesting. I mean, if you read that series, you find me like wrestling with like how much I enjoy these sort of like low budget experience of oh, like yeah. there's nothing here, but there's something here, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's the question that, that meta horror always asks yeah. and what horror fans always ask. And then when we go meta on the meta ass is just like, why, why do we want to watch terrible? Yeah. 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 Terribleness and horrifying things. Why? But it, you know, it's also helped me, I think, grow into the sort of like budding uh, genre file that I am. Hells yeah. yeah. Hells yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Uh, at Dan Scully on everything, Twitter, Letterboxd, check out cinema76.com, findy.com with a PH. Yeah. And um, I believe that is it, right? That's yeah. everything. And then you can find I like to movie movie. Yeah. I like to movie with the numeric two across all platforms. Please like, uh, subscribe, leave a review. Yeah. Um, uh, Give us a five guys, star on iTunes. That's like the most helpful. We're gonna thing need you, you guys to be us. a little better about this. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I would love it if you could just leave a review, just a couple words. Helps us do that thing. Click the subscribe. I don't even care if you delete the episodes. I yeah. do that to so many podcasts. <laughs> uh, hit the subscribe buttons so that we can get out to more people, yes. and then you no longer have the responsibility of having to do all this fucking shit. Yeah. So yeah, get out there. But most importantly, reach out to us and contact us because we want to talk about what you yeah. want to hear, and we want to have you even on the show. We want to give you yeah. prizes. We want to do yeah. some shit. So tweet us, definitely do it. Uh, email us. I like two movie gmail dot com, mm-hmm. and uh, we want to talk movies with you. My name is Gareth Smith, and I like to movie movie. My name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. And we all know that you like to movie movie because, because we, we like, like to movie. movie.